An aerial view of the Lincoln Memorial, looking over the reflecting pool, looking west. President-elect Biden, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris and her husband and Dr. Jill Biden are making their way towards the area in front of the Lincoln Memorial, towards the podium, where tonight's festivities will occur. They wave to the audience as they make their way to the stage. Joe Biden in a long black coat, Jill Biden in a long purple coat, almost fuchsia colored with a matching mask. Vice President-elect Biden and Dr. Jill Biden now are approaching the podium. Cardinal Gregory, Archbishop of Washington, stands at the podium. At this twilight hour, our beloved nation reverently pauses in supplication to remember and to pray for the many thousands of people who have died from the coronavirus during this past year. We turn to the Lord of all to receive these, our sisters and brothers, into eternal peace and to comfort all those who grieve the loss of a loved one. This virus, more than taking the lives of too many of our citizens, as well as people around the globe, has left in its wake a sobering awareness that we are all united in the sorrow that we recognize today. We pray for those who have died and the families and loved ones that they left behind. We do, not, we do so not as strangers or disinterested persons, but as fellow citizens who share some limited portion of their grief and sorrow. We pray for the countless families and relatives who, have to, who had to surrender their loved ones without the comfort and the consolation of a familiar funeral ritual according to their religious traditions or selections. That privation only added to the sadness engendered by the death of a friend, a relative, or a colleague. May our prayer this evening serve as a small expression of our national desire to comfort and strengthen those who have endured the loss of a loved one to this pandemic. And may it be a resounding gesture of gratitude for all those who have cared for the victims of this virus and their loved ones. Our sorrow unites us to one another as a single people with compassionate hearts. May our prayer strengthen our awareness of our common humanity and our national unity at a time when harmony is a balm that seeks to comfort and strengthen us as a single people facing a common threat that is no respecter of age, race, culture, or gender. 
let us with one heart commend those who have died from this virus and all of their loved ones to the providential care of the one who is the ultimate source of peace, unity, and concord. Amen. He steps back from the podium toward the right. The Washington Monument reflects in the pool, looking east. Two lines of lights, 200 on each side, line the edges of the reflecting pool. A worker wipes down the podium where the cardinal just stood. Behind the podium to the left is President-elect Biden and Dr. Joe Biden. To their left, Vice President-elect Harris, who now makes her way to the podium. nation in mourning to pay tribute to the lives we have lost a grandmother or grandfather who was our whole world a parent partner sibling or friend who we still cannot accept is no longer here and for many months we have grieved by ourselves tonight we grieve and begin healing together Though we may be physically separated, we, the American people, are united in spirit. And my abiding hope, my abiding prayer, is that we emerge from this ordeal with a new wisdom to cherish simple moments, to imagine new possibilities, and to open our hearts just a little bit more to one another. It is now my great honor to introduce Lori Marie Key. Lori is a nurse at St. Mary Mercy Livonia Hospital outside of Detroit. Her community was hit hard when the virus struck and Lori was assigned to the COVID unit. Lori is known for singing on the hospital floor and a video of her singing a certain hymn inspired our nation. She joins us this evening to honor those we have lost with that same hymn, Amazing Grace. Vice President-elect Harris leaves the podium. Thank you so much, Vice President-elect Harris. It is an honor to be here with you and with President-elect Biden. Working as a COVID nurse was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking for the patients who were sick. It was heartbreaking for the families who couldn't be there with them. And it was heartbreaking for those caring for them. But when I'm at work, I sing. It gives me strength during difficult times and I believe it helps heal. So here is Amazing Grace. Amazing. Zing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I was, was. 
President-elect Biden approaches the microphone. He removes his mask. Thank you, Laurie. As I said to his eminence, as we were waiting to come in, I mean this from the bottom of my heart, if there are any angels in heaven, they're all nurses. We know from our family experience what you do, the courage, and the pain you absorb for others. So she speaks you. to her directly. And now turns to us. To heal, we must remember. It's hard sometimes to remember. But that's how we heal. It's important to do that as a nation. That's why we're here today. Between sundown and dusk, let us shine the lights in the darkness along the sacred pool of reflection. Remember all when we lost. He steps away from the podium and turns around. The lights on either side of the reflecting pool are illuminated. They stand facing them, two long rows of lights, two rows of 100 on each side, stretching the length nearly three-eighths of a mile. You don't really care for music, do you? It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall and the major lift, the baffled king composing, hallelujah. Yolanda Adams sings from the side of the stage. It's not a cry you hear at night. It's not someone who's seen the light. It's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah. The view moves between the rows of lights. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Vice President-elect Harris and President-elect Biden continue to stare at the monument. Their heads are bowed. We pull back and see an aerial view of the Lincoln Memorial lit up, the rows of lights at the reflecting pools, the Potomac at sunset behind us. The view pulls back and we see the full east front of the Capitol with the motorcade departing now. Two busloads of people arrive now. The Capitol seems very calm. There's not a lot of guests milling about at all. Uh, much more of a police presence. Right now, officials are getting off of the two buses and being escorted into the Capitol. Everyone bundled up in long coats with scarves up around their necks. The people getting off the buses are the Biden and Harris families. There are, looks like, three busloads of folks. They're milling about outside the buses in back of the Capitol building. There are a few police officers on motorcycles, as well as foot patrollers and other U.S. Capitol Police on bicycles in the area. Everyone is off the buses now and are being escorted into the Capitol. These folks probably know their way around the hill pretty well, yeah. And this is something that we see um, in previous inaugurations, right? Their arrivals here, again, we're on the east front here. The bus is pulling up, so these folks will have to travel through the capital, um, across to the other side and out, onto the west front, onto the platform. I can't emphasize this enough. This is a shot you don't see. This is, this is not something you see from the networks. This particular angle to the center side of the capital, what we call the carriage door. Yeah, watching yeah, watching a banner at the bottom reads, Biden family arrival and Harris family arrival. There. 
all of the, um, you see some Capitol Police officers there as well. You're absolutely right, Ron. This is an angle that nobody else has. We have cameras, on, I think, they enter through an entrance at the left, just next to the portico the where those SUVs pulled up earlier. We're now inside the Capitol building. It is Senator Chuck Schumer. Speaking with others in the Capitol building. Uh, with a, I think a navy blue jacket. So what we're looking at here, this is actually um, the east uh, front door. So this is just behind those doors at the top of the stairs. So um, just to orient yourselves, folks, this is just outside the rotunda. It almost acts as a little kind of a vestibule to the rotunda. Um, behind the cameraman there in our frame, his back is into the entrance to the rotunda, the east side. Back on the east front, another arrival. We've got a bus pulling up here. I love those steps. Now that's the house those side the house with a motorcycle there. escort. And for those that were looking at the top and said, what are those figures? That is called the apotheosis of democracy. It's a pediment. It was uh, sculpted by Paul Bartlett from the state of Ohio. The inside and outside of the building, just adorned with, with sculpture. Back outside the east of the Capitol building now, another group of family members has arrived. Ideas. Some strollers are visible. Just like today is, as Chairman Blunt said, you know, an, an assurance of our continued and unbroken commitment to continuity, uh, stability, preserve, perseverance, democracy. The outside of the building, the architecture itself suggests oh. permanence, stability. Yes. Oh, good observation. We should mention children and parents Blunt. alike all wearing masks. To be chair of the Joint Inaugural Committee. On, on inaugural ceremonies, and the last person to do that was Senator Wendell Ford from Kentucky. All right. We pan back outside yeah, to the west side of the Capitol. The Marine band down at the bottom, acronyms, the inauguration uh, platform in the center, and the gallery above. And, uh, they are the official hosts of today's 59th inaugural ceremonies. Official hosts, JSIC, and you are watching our live stream feed. We've got a view of the west front there, uh, looking right at it from the center. You can see the platform there. That draped doorway at the center is what we call the Lower West Terrace Door on the west front of the Capitol. It's where we're going to be seeing people coming out later and taking their seats on the platform. Now, to the right-hand side, as you're looking at this camera feed, to the right-hand side, uh, the majority of the people towards the right and, and higher up would be the media. The, the sun has obviously an impact upon photography, so that's where they're placed. Oh, yeah, yeah. On either side of this, sort of just out of view, um, there's another side. So you can see the, this, the bleachers type things that um, the spectators would sit on. But just out of view are the press um, scaffolds that they sit on. And you're right. The photographers are all over on the one side because the sun can ruin the camera angles if they're not. Let's listen to our Marine band. The image shifts back to the conductor on the stand on the podium in front of the band. Now dot on the ground in front of the podium. A series of folding chairs set up socially distant for those invited to attend the inauguration in person. We look further back onto the beginnings of the lawn in front of the U.S. Capitol West Front, where there's some also chairs set up as well. Now back to the podium and the conductor. <laughs> 
the U.S. Marine Band. The American flag flies over the Capitol above a POW MIA flag in black underneath it. We look over the woodwind section now, the clarinets. Back to the conductor. The brass to the right. We look down a long boulevard toward the U.S. Capitol Dome from elsewhere in Washington. Now back to the band. peek through to the podium. The musicians have clipped the music to their stands with binder clips or some other clamps because it's quite windy today. During that presentation, the conductor often had to lay his hand down on top of the music to keep it from blowing away. We look left above the inauguration platform to a number of the folks standing in line, some of the security and military guard from the gallery above holding flags, trumpets attached to their flags, long trumpets, probably four to five feet long, a whole row of musicians standing along that top level above the platform. Now we look back east outside the Capitol building as another part, another motorcade arrives under police escort. All the police presence that I have seen today are in plain clothes or just normal mil uh, police outfits. I see no military fatigues. I see no people carrying rifles or weapons. Very dignified. Very subdued, serene, and orderly. The motorcade stops outside of the Capitol in the back of the East. I believe that is Kamala Harris arriving. Yes, it is. She has arrived. The Vice President-elect arrives at the United States Capitol.
President. In a long purple coat. As you can see, folks, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris arriving there in purple, arriving on the east front of the Capitol. They are greeted President-elect Biden has also stepped out of a vehicle with Dr. Jill Biden as well. And there is President-elect Biden there just out of the car moving toward the future First Lady arrive at the U.S. Capitol. Elect Harris. The wind has picked Great up a bit, but the sun has come out. There's Dr. Jill Biden there, and um, I would call that a teal. Teal? teal a long turquoise. teal coat to her knees. Who am I to? Teal with a contrasting turquoise. colored collar turquoise with teal and a darker teal and turquoise. Oh, there Gloves you can and see a small clutch. Close by as well. The United States Capitol uh, Police Officer Eugene Goodman, today's acting deputy um, sergeant at arms. He's in the brown overcoat. They stroll in the sunshine, the waving hair. to a few people in the back. So, folks, you may have seen um, United States Capitol Police Officer Eugene Goodman. Um, you may have seen some footage of him, so he has a special honor today of being um, the uh, deputy sergeant at arms. I see, I see the chair of Jasic, Senator Roy Blunt, close by. Yeah, so some of JSIC meets them here at the bottom of the east front steps, um, and then I think they meet uh, some of the others as they walk a little bit further up the steps there. Future second gentleman, Doug Emhoff okay, as well. This is not an unfamiliar scene. Senator Klobuchar, I believe, there in the um, sure brownish coat, tan coat. And here we go, starting the walk up the stairs, the east front stairs. Now remember, folks, presidents used to be inaugurated President right Biden here on Dr. these east front steps. Stand at the bottom of the stairs of the east front of the Capitol. Basically, starting with Andrew Jackson, Vice President Elect Harris, and future Second Gentleman Doug Hemoff, join them at the base of the stairs, so much better, and right. they walk up to together. The move to the west front in 1981 is one of those things where people think it's always been that way. Uh, just like the they Supreme reach the Court first landing and ascend the second set of steps. Think it's always been that way. To a second intermediate go, landing. Up the east front steps. You can see some United States Capitol Police officers flanking there. All saluting. And approaching the east door. They reach the top of the steps. Beautiful carved bronze doors. Tourists used to enter through here. The speaker's office used to be in the lobby out to the left. Yeah, this door is not used a lot, folks. I have to say, um, you know. Ron the president-elect, Dr. Joe Biden, the vice president-elect, and, and the, uh, future second gentleman, Doug Hemoff, turn and wave to the people from the top of the steps. Another name for them are the Randolph Rogers doors, cast in Munich by the Royal Bavarian Boundary, 10,000 pounds. And the panels they turn the back to the Capitol and move in through those doors. Well, is history. Little scenes, uh, yeah, the scenes of them. Columbus and Washington, they go up the side. The view shifts That's inside as we see them coming in. Here. Folks coming Excellent. in that east door. There's President-elect Biden and Dr. Jill Biden. They move off to the left. Nice sunny day. Number of pillars surrounding Harris and Dr. the area. Now, friends, I know what you're thinking. And the JSEC behind them, Senator Blunt. Where are they going? To a hole area. And there's Speaker Pelosi coming through again. Um, the color of the day, I think, turquoise. Oh, <laughs> and 
in our dormitory. She had a long turquoise coat with a very large brooch. And here we are looking at the Marine lapel. Band again. Like I said, they are going to be playing all day. And um, a little close up uh, of those uniforms, or a little bit of detail about those uniforms. As you know, um, they had the epaulets, you know, the braiding on the shoulders. But, Ron, trivia question for you. Do you know what the braids in the front are? They sort of hang down. They almost look like a bolo tie, sort of. I don't, and I should. They're called iglets. Iglets. And you can see the, the ones on the um, officers are gold. And then the other uh, folks in the band there, Marine Band, they have white epaulets and iglets. So they're sort of um, hang down in the front, little sort of tassely looking things. Oh, Across the their left shoulder. Director. Let's listen together. We look at the gallery above the podium, people arriving, chairs set, pairs of chairs set six feet apart with the occasional single also six feet apart. Some folks in chairs greeting each other, taking pictures with their cell phones, some on their cell phones. This is typical of inaugurations on the West Front. What are we doing? Waiting patiently. <laughs> I think that may be Representative Delorio there. Um, her green footwear just just at the top of camera now, but she's uh, usually got some distinctive uh, hair color and clothes that we can spot her, even with masks on. It's difficult sometimes to identify our members of Congress um, when everybody is masked up in this pandemic. Now, Jen, I, I, people have watched for a couple hours now, and they might be warning, well, wait a minute, I see marble that's different. Colors. You would be correct. Oh, yeah. Marble from We're looking back inside the Capitol Maryland, building. Massachusetts, specifically Massachusetts. Down a long yeah, hallway. Yeah, on the inside of the building, we see a lot of sandstone and a little bit of concrete. These are concrete walls here um, inside what we sort of lovingly refer to during inaugurations as the chute, right? This is where uh, people are going to be sort of uh, swallowing out. <laughs> <laughs> if you will. The shoot brings to mind uh, kind of like a, a In the center, park, General right? Mark A. Milley kind of stands, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, as onto the platform on the west side. So the door just behind us in this shot. This shoot. Other members of the military pass by. The so the shoot is what takes people from the crypt Ladies out to the entrance of the west capitol onto the podium. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark A. Milley. He steps forward, arriving through those bunted doors and the General West Capitol front. Now, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Two soldiers stand at attention, open the doors for the general, and he walks through from the chute out onto the carpet into the sun. He tips his cap as he walks down the stairs. Salutes his colleagues. Yeah, this platform normally packed um, elbow to elbow folks in there, just like the early House and Senate chambers, actually. You know, National Statuary Hall members were crammed in there elbow to elbow until they expanded into the new House chamber in the 1860s. I want our public, I want our audience to, uh, maybe not now, but 
this afternoon, this evening, uh, YouTube or Google inaugurations uh, in the past, you will see people sprawled, not on the west side, but the east front, everywhere, hanging from the dome in places they shouldn't be. This is a most appropriate. So on the platform yes, for the inauguration. Yes, famous photograph of Lincoln uh, inaugural. Another person is coming down the chute inside the Capitol. That is Steve Scalise there on the right, I believe. It would be from Louisiana. We move back outside to a view of the back. It would be the minority whip. Our Marine band playing. They've got, like like I said, they've got a full day. They've got a full concert. It's one tune after another there. We're going to be hearing from them some familiar tunes and some special selections. Musicians turn the pages Marine of the band, music. Um, They've also got what's called the blood stripe, I believe, down the side of the trouser leg, which is unique to their uniform. Back inside to the chute. Okay, we're back to the chute. Ron's leaning in close to identify who we're seeing on screen here. It's House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn and House Republican Whip Steve Scalise. Being shown their marks, how to come out. I think that might be Clyburn in the red hat. From South Carolina, it is. And everybody's got to know before they come out where they're going to Mm -hmm. on the platform. There's the signed seating. There's little signs on the chairs. We saw a little bit of that earlier. United States House of Representatives, Republican Whip, the Honorable Stephen Scalise, and Majority Whip, the Honorable James E. Clyburn. From the outside, the soldiers open the door and outstep. So for our young students, when you hear the word whip, that's the person that assembles the votes. That person makes calls and addresses before a bill gets to the floor so they have a good idea whether, whether it should be, whether it's going to go through or not. The carpet itself is blue with red is, think, from, trim uh, on each Hunting. side of the stairwell. The, the whipper in. More dignitaries and representatives arrive, make sure all the, um, making their way into the chute from the right what is called Crypt, so which is an area directly beneath the rotunda for the 50-40 Doric columns that support the rotunda and the chamber above. From the state of Vermont, I saw Senator Thune in front. Those columns that you see, the crypt of the Capitol, just underneath the dome. Janet, the, the, the act of secession is important. And this is going on with such good precision. As if the U.S. Marine Band playing at the 59th inaugural ceremonies. We've heard it now a couple of times from members of the J6, an event commonplace and miraculous, this peaceful transfer of power. Members of Congress mill about the platform outside waiting for the ceremonies to begin. That seems to be Representative Lindsey Graham at the left. Who I ran past by the cleaners last week. (laughs) It looked like Senator Cory Booker was in front of them as well. On the platform, each of the folding chairs has a small package on each of them. Most likely a blanket in case people get cold. Now we see Senator Bernie Sanders. Wearing a large blue hospital mask. Well dressed for potential bad weather. Oh, he could be in a short sleeve shirt. 
some of the guests have already donned some of those blankets over their shoulders as they wait for the ceremonies to begin. Such as President George W. Bush, I can recall walking down the street, sliding on Constitution Avenue, just trying to get a glimpse. It was 1829, Andrew Jackson's inauguration. The weather was so bad they had to do it inside the house. People on the, the platform chamber. taking pictures of one another. This tradition that one gentleman in a Lone Star, Texas face older, mask. Far older than you or I or anybody else who's watching today. Um, but this tradition has also evolved over time. It's changed. And things have changed about it. And so today's inaugural looks different than previous years. Ladies but and gentlemen, there have been a lot of leadership of the United States Senate. President Pro Tempore Emeritus, the Honorable Patrick Leahy and Mrs. Marshall Leahy. Marines open the doors. The Honorable Dick Durbin and Mrs. Rima Doden. Majority come through the door across the carpet. And Mrs. Kimberly Thune. Democratic leader, the Honorable Charles Schumer and Mrs. Irish Weinshall Schumer. And President Pro Tempore of the Senate, the Honorable Chuck Grassley and Mrs. Jennifer Hines. They make their way down the stairs to the platform. As times for everyone. We see him on tour everywhere. His office is close by the rotunda. He'll greet everyone. Senator Durbin and his wife. It's just amazing. He has been a special guest on many many of my tours. Fist bumps from some of the representatives and dignitaries greeting one another. Uh, Congressman John Lewis, I can recall years ago, I I waved him over. He says, I'm going to vote and come back. And I said in my mind, no way. It took, I said, it took 15 minutes but he came back and spoke to those young people. Well, Mr. Vice President Pence he used to stand up. Uh, Another gentleman makes his way down the chute. On the benches in the rotunda and give tours. I from recall the that crypt. all the time. That looks like Kevin McCarthy from California. I believe we'll be seeing the beginning of the JSEC leaders going out to the platform here. Outside on the platform, that might be Senator, Senator Schumer, Schumer taking his place. Who once was a chair finding his seat during Congressional Committee on Inaugural Ceremonies. Other family members make their way down the chute stairs onto the platform. Got some more, I think, family members. Have to seats here. You have to notice this. The wind has slightly picked up. Wind picking up a little bit. Yeah, it looks that way. view of the gallery above the platform now. I love this. The Constitution brings us here. It's really one sentence that is necessary. The sun begins to bathe the platform itself. 37 words or 34. You know, it originally said, I do solemnly swear or affirm will faithfully execute the office, office of President of the United States. And James Madison and George Mason insisted the chief executive should also swear an oath to the Constitution. And so Congress approved that version. So they added a little bit to that oath of office. That's what's We see people milling about on the lawn. And this date is because of the 20th Amendment. This was mentioned in the video area Senator, earlier. Senator George Norris from the state of Nebraska proposed this in 1925. Yeah, again, in terms of those things, we, th- we think of them as always happening this way. We think inaugurations always in January, but until The trumpeters recently, on the upper level uh, with their flags. other times, including March. We saw earlier in response to our trivia question that um, George Washington was actually inaugurated April 30th, 
but a lot of the other ones, March 3rd or March 4th. Or in some cases, if it's on a Sunday, March 5th. Yes, and if inauguration falls on a Sunday, that's right, they do not... Um, do not have it on the Sunday. They do kind of a small swearing in and then the official ceremony the next day. Actually, um, President Wilson, I believe, it was inaugurated on a Sunday. That happened once. It looks like Senator Mendez from New Jersey there. It's it, Forgive us if we're hesitating. It's difficult to see sometimes with masks. Also, the Capitol has been closed to tours um, out of an abundance of caution, of course, um, for some months now. And so, um, although these... More officials lining up in the shoes. Congress senators are uh, our bosses, I would say. Uh, we haven't seen them in a little while. You know what's fun, Janet? Uh, I, I've seen times where former members of Congress, uh, they've just casually walked up towards the West Front. And they know they don't have a seat, but you know they kind of blend in. Uh, that's kind Ladies of fun. And gentlemen, I think we saw Vice some President, former members of earlier. Dan Quayle. Here's former Vice President Dan Quayle, the Honorable Dan Quayle, about to step through the chute and out the door. And again, we've got camera angles steps. here that folks that not a lot of other people do. Although there is a little zone set aside, so if anybody, there's a little moment off camera yes. where they can straighten a tie or just do a quick check, every hair is in place. Of course, That's with the show. wind on the platform, there's only so much you can do, but at, at the bottom of the steps, step out, another military escort the directs them where the... to go. Yeah, we're seeing fist bumps here. Former VP Dan Quill um, heading out there. He's given a seat at the front row. We thought, um, I guess, that Mrs. Quayle, Marilyn Tucker Quayle, I believe, was going to be accompanying him, but looks like he is out there by himself today. Down on the lawn, we see on either side a lot that there is a large screen year. television this set up. The scene doesn't always look like this. With so few chairs, people have to get up and move around, and they are able to move around, so I think we're seeing a little bit more socializing and... Um, photo taking, and of course, as we mentioned, not handshakes, but handshake equivalents, safe handshake clear, equivalents. To be clear, we miss the people. Of no course. Question. We miss the people. They belong here, and uh, just this year. Well, this is the people's house, you know, and we were talking earlier, you and I, as tour guides, recalling how many times members of Congress oh. appear during our tours. We'll be taking a group of public around through the rotunda or through the crypt or National Statuary Hall, which is the former house chamber. And, you know, there is no separate space, right? If a member needs to get from one side of the building to the other, they go right through those spaces. And very often, um, it's fun to point out people uh, will recognize their own member from their district. They may be visiting us from far, far away, and they'll recognize the member from their district. Officials on the upper levels like looking out over the lawn. From Michigan. You know, you mentioned about the People's House. Inaugurations take place here, not the Supreme Court. Yeah, not that's, that's the a White really House. good point. Where do we not? Where is where inaugurations don't happen? Right. They make the laws that protect us here. Elected officials here. Accountability. Congress. It's important. Well, and this is a ceremony that's happening publicly in full view, right? Look at that interesting President in the Clinton that was and the Honorable Clinton lining up. So in the crypt they of walk the Capitol, through a military guard. These, um, their sandstone columns, their Doric columns are among some of the oldest architectural features in the building. 
and they are originally all supposed to be painted white, and so you'll see a little bit of variation in the natural stone there. Now that star in the center is called the Compass Stone. Here comes Senator Clinton and former President William Jefferson Clinton. They just step through the crypt of the Capitol, heading out now down into the chute, and we'll be seeing them on the platform really soon. Back on the platform here, you can see um, to the left the, the podium where the action's going to go down. And again, this is constructed. This is um, uh, all kind of built onto the side of the Capitol. There's actually a section of railing, which is removable. Oh, it's a massive stone balustrade. It just looks like you couldn't lift it for anything. But every four years, it's lifted out so that there's a pathway for folks to get out onto the west front here. We President Clinton is wearing a dark suit with a light purple tie. That's the symbol of power and authority. Uh, you can make the argument that is the oldest relic in the Capitol, and it's brought out under the direction of the House Sergeant of Arms. The Honorable Clinton is wearing a dark brown so coat, and she has on a bright a purple suit underneath. So many traditions, and we have more of those wonderful videos to show you all later on, highlighting um, some of these traditions that take place. This is an inside view. This wow. is another angle I don't think anybody else's cameras have. No, that was coming from the law library door. Coming up from the law library door. Yeah, that was renamed the law library in 1860. The Walking through the Capitol, we see yes, the Supreme Court used to be President the Bush and First Lady Bush. The Senate moved into a new chamber. It's all about space. We've seen some exterior Ladies views and of cars pulling the 42nd up. The 42nd President of the United States, the Honorable William J. Clinton, Clinton's and the Honorable Hillary Rodham Clinton. Yes, every president that is in attendance and first lady is announced. On a split screen at the left, we see the Clintons coming outside and the Bushes coming through on the right inside the building. And down the other side of the crypt into the chute, they'll be on the platform soon too with the Clintons. The Clintons wave to the crowds. You know, normally we would hear the roar of the crowd for every one announced, and uh, it, it is noticeably different. The Clintons greet other officials on the platform. I mean, I've, I've always staggers me to, to imagine how Reagan's second inaugural in 85, how they had to move it into the rotunda and try to An interior view again of the bushes. This massive event inside. President Bush wears a dark gray suit with a black overcoat and a camel colored scarf. Because you Mrs. Bush is wearing James a light dove gray pantsuit or uh, the first skirt suit with a long and the coat. the number of people attending just, you know, astronomically more. All right, we've got the Obamas coming through, about to enter into the crypt there. President Obama is wearing a dark a black. Michelle Obama is wearing a maroon pants outfit with a matching tomorrow. coat, very tone on tone. Now that you've mentioned to me you've never seen him in a hat, I keep looking for hats. <laughs> he's been in a hat. It's a it's split just, screen just view as we wait for the, the dignitaries to come out of the left as we watch the Obamas make their way down the chute on the right. And all these folks we're seeing, they, this is their home. Oh, the outside great. podium door. Memories here going back years. Um, familiar faces around. Ladies and gentlemen, the 43rd President of the United States, the Honorable George W. Bush and Mrs. Laura Bush.
The members of the armed forces open the door for them as they come out. Bush is coming out of the chute and onto the platform. Oh, we got a scarf slip there. You're right, that wind is picking up. The scarf almost blows off of the President Bush. Legacy. Bush. Formidable. There is a tree planted to President Bush on the house side of the Capitol. And the member's name is alluding me, Lamar Smith, who mm. uh, had it planted. Yes, I pass by it uh, quite frequently. You know, inaugurations almost like track the history of technology in this nation. You know, think about the early ones. There's no radio, no television. There's no amplification. A lot of people, I think, complain that they couldn't hear George Washington giving his speech. The first we one see members of the Supreme Court coming down the chute. Warren G. Harding. Oh, we have got the justices arriving Executive here. Branch. They are you wearing the their dark black robes. Judicial branch. Excuse me. There's the Herald Trumpets. You mentioned inaugurations. How about President Lincoln? People were within 10 feet from him. Oh, yeah. Soldiers with weapons. The Herald Trumpets, about three feet long, Those are all silver trumpets. with Those draped flags. On trumpets there. They have two sets. They have a navy blue and a white. So those are the navy blue that we see there. And the Herald Back trumpets. on the split screen, we see the justices making their way down yes, the stairs of the chute at the right and the doors at so the left outside the platform. It's my understanding that they gather in the Ladies old court chambers. Yes. Inside the chute, the Obamas. The Honorable Barack H. Obama and Mrs. Michelle Obama. The Marine Guard opens the doors, and the former president and first lady step out into the light. Noticeable applause. I hear the applause there. President Obama waves. Michelle does as well. Announcers. Being directed to their places as by the military guard. Share the same elevator with them. You know, I got here, I actually moved to Washington on election Michelle Obama's day, curls cascading around the side of her face and flipped just, back to the uh, left and right. Later. And then, um, so my first big public event was Greeting actually Senator President Schumer, Obama's first inaugural, 2009. And Jim Clyburn, and James Clyburn at the right. escort people to their spots. To their seats. Oh, nice. As we mentioned this year, you know, different seating than in years past. A view back inside the Capitol now. Another person coming through the crypt. The columns on the left and right. The Chief Justice of the United States, the Honorable John G. Roberts Jr., and the Associate Justices. In the shoot, we see the Supreme Court justices moving through the through the glass doors. First out is John Roberts, followed by Justice Sotomayor. They will be administering the oaths of office to the President-elect and Vice President-elect in just a few moments. Careful, everyone. Yeah, they, uh, the wind picks up. Step. Some of the members hang on to the railing. I, I know what people are thinking. Why can't they take an elevator? It's Elena Kagan, Kagan, Neil oh, Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, uh, well, just Amy to, Coney to Barrett. Get to that point, there's, there's other areas. Justice Barrett. Their scarves Justice tucked underneath their judicial robes. Yep. yep. Justice Kavanaugh. 
directed to their locations by the military guard. In order, uh, um, almost in the way that they're seated, right? Because they're seated in the chamber, a chief justice in the middle, and then the, me- the other associate justices fan out on either side in order of Vice President-elect Harris and Mr. Douglas Imhoff, Cole Mackin Imhoff, and Ella Rose Imhoff. They step through the doors. I was reading uh, that um, we have a lot of stepmothers. She wears a long beige coat, trimmed in gold, with a large white bow and a black mask. He wears a large dark suit, navy blue, a striped tie, and a white mask. They make their way to their seats. This is likely as much as we'll see of the children as coverage of... Being shown to their seats. They are young, 21 and 26. They take their seats. And, um, the blankets on their laps. Their stepmother um, for a few years now, I think they were um, maybe teens. Of you to the right side of the podium. Starting to fill up now. so strange that there's so The number of the dignitaries having arrived. But. And family as it well. It's very different than inaugurations past. But this tradition is so long that although this looks different than the last one and the one before that, it may I know the group of folks start their way down the chute toward us. You know, we talked about 1801 and people saying they couldn't spot Jefferson because he wasn't wearing any special sash or hat or anything. Behind them, further inside the Capitol, we see other members coordination of making their way. Family, it looks like. Is there more family members here, I believe? Making their way through the crypt towards the chute. These are the Biden's children here. This is Biden family members. I've toured President like Biden's brother. You know, we, in addition to, you know, I think folks, when they think about visiting the Capitol, they think about sending their, their young students here on field trips from all over the nation, or think about coming in and looking at the artworks with us. But we do give tours. Um, we see President Clinton out on the podium wearing a mask. Former President Clinton there. Michelle Obama behind him next to President Obama. We're approaching the 11 o'clock hour. And in another hour, President Biden-elect will be sworn in and we'll hear his remarks in less than that time. So, yes, people have waited a long time, but uh, the end is near. Folks snapping pictures with their phones and cameras. As more folks make their way down. All right, so the Biden children, grandchildren about to step into the chute and out onto the platform. Here they come. Robert Hunter Biden II, Ashley Blazer Biden, and the grandchildren of the president-elect there. They stand waiting for their cue. Folks have passed through the crypt and sort of out and down the other side, down here toward the west front. They're about to step through the draped door that we've been looking at from the outside of the platform, kind of just beneath those flags. Question one might ask. The children of President-elect Biden, Robert Hunter Biden II, and Ashley Blazer Biden, also the grandchildren of the President-elect. They step through the doors. Now, I just want to point out 
point out, a Marine band here is playing uh, John Philip Sousa march. We see from the opposite side as they walk down the stairs from their backs, looking out onto the podium directly in front as they descend the stairs, now looking from the front of the podium. As they reach the bottom of the stairs, waving to people, we see Vice President Mike Pence standing in the hallway of the Capitol, waiting his cues. Yeah, that's the um, the where, area where the visitor center attaches to the old old front of the Capitol. So if you look closely at the walls here, you can see sandstone from the 2000s attached. He to steps the into the crypt from the far side. And a little clear window in the. The column is clearly visible. Coming through the crypt. Now a split screen, a view of the podium at the left, and folks now, coming down the chute at the right, Pence. walking through the court, walking through the crypt rather. Who's pretty cool customer. If this isn't emotional, it will be when he leaves on the east front. So it'll be interesting to see for him and his wife. Vice President Pence and his wife the emotions might be. moving down the stairs. It has to be surreal. We look outside now from the upper left part of the podium, looking down at the podium toward the left from a member of the gallery's view. The stairs from the crypt at our right. Um, if you can imagine, folks, the semicircular area around the podium is where all the, the former cheers, presidents and members of Congress would be sitting. Hoping you remember your lines, we look back inside the chute now right, to Vice President stand. Pence, making his way across the carpet. And then we have these cameras and spots watching folks come down the steps. Just behind those steps is actually the spot where they were meant to entomb George Washington underneath the crypt of the Capitol. Vice President Pence here about to step out from the chute. We see the Obamas on the platform. We see President Obama out on the platform waving to folks standing next to Michelle, who is some other folks on the stage. Soon there'll be an announcement for everybody. Back in that view now with the stairs from the crypt at the right. Looking out over the rest of the stands and out over the lawn. Yes. We have performance. A view from the podium. Now from below, looking back up at the podium. The Marine Band at the bottom. Podium in the center and the gallery to the left and right and above. Over the years. You know, according to the priorities of the day and according to the traditions. Sorry, excuse me. According to the conditions of the day. When they've had to cut things short for one reason or another, they probably left some things out and other times no view thought, of the marine oh, band i've got this moment and i'm gonna hear my favorite poet and i'm gonna hear my favorite musician ladies and gentlemen accompanying the vice president the secretary of the senate the honorable julie e adams and chief administrative officer of the house of representatives Catherine spindor they come through the doors first Uh, the Honorable Julie Adams, Secretary of the Senate. So we got the Secretary of the Senate, Chief Administrator. They reach the bottom of the, of the stairs and turn. Vice President Pence. Ms. Adams was on the left-hand side. And Karen Pence, his wife. Here with Vice President Pence, getting ready to come out of the chute. The Pences have visited my church. Yes. He, uh, Vice President Pence is, uh, I think, probably the, the member of Congress, Senate, that uh, 
visitors have spotted the most on my tours the past couple of years. He has time for people, doesn't he? He stops and shakes hands. Um, I had whole school groups of eighth graders run over to meet the vice president. And again, it's one of those moments folks can't, can't believe they're having. Came on a tour of the Capitol and saw the vice president. The Herald Trumpet Sound. We see them. Oh, there they are, those tabards. A whole line. On the Herald Trumpets. Ladies and gentlemen, the Vice President of the United States, the Honorable Michael R. Pence and Mrs. Karen Pence. They step through the doors. Quite a warm reception. Hand in hand, they're at the top of the stairs. They descend. Oh, I'm sorry. I think this is another Susan March. Step out onto the platform, head to their seats. Providers oh, for the flag, yes. They make their way to the seats. Passing by James Clyburn, former President Bush, and Laura Bush. Again, the Marine Marine Band. You can hear the audience this singing, This is my country. I was reading about looking from the top of the viewing platform now, out over the lawn and the other seating areas. Uh, because the, the capital on the, the west side make it very hard for them to hold the violins and such so it's, it's an incredible thing to think about uniform design having to conform to what musicians need to play their instruments from that same vantage point the stairs to the crypt at the right now looking at members vice of the president supreme pence court standing here vice president pence <laughs> dan quayle and george um w bush showing there. a laugh Exchanging a greeting on the platform. You see Michelle Obama and Barack Obama behind them. Justices, you can see them all there. President Clinton at the right. Family members. Families. Some children, young, two strollers, old, around these front. I think. I didn't see one gentleman holds his daughter in his arms. These front. I think. We know who's in those strollers now. I think we do. We've got some, some small ones there. She has a furry white coat on. She hugs her father. I think maybe the only equivalent in most of our lives maybe is attending um, a graduation ceremony. For a few at the right side of the podium. Graduation commencement. Opportunity. Yeah, the idea of quite full now. The time it takes Still socially distanced. And then for all the names to be announced and then um, for everybody to depart. And you've got a dress for the duration. The viewing gallery above the podium right? probably yes. raises easily 25 <laughs> feet there, on a fairly slate dangle. West front outside. And a plan Now outside on the lawn. down here on the west front lawn. So members of Congress and former members, uh, other guests. Some of our colleagues are working. In folding chairs. Those um, mayors and governors that we saw earlier arriving. 
the diplomatic corps, all these folks. A long boom camera over that area of the audience is seen. Due to the pandemic. Have you back on the podium now? People bundling up, the wind blowing hair around. Corner of our screen. Lots of photos being taken. Everyone masked. Some family members. I believe those are the Biden granddaughters there, the three um, ladies in sort of pastel color coats. There is a very interesting fashion strategy for oh, really? today. Folks seem to pick bright colors so they can be spotted among the sea of dark overcoats very bright on the coats. platform. But again, it's a little more spread out than normal, so it's a bit easier to pick out individuals. We look at the audience in front of where the Marine Band is playing. Marine Band here. You know, one thing we've noticed, no one has what, gone back into the entrance. Coming out the West yeah. Door. Yes, once you're out. Back in the once West you're door. out. I think that's, that's it. it. People higher up on the platform waving to other folks they see. You look back inside the Capitol now. Other folks coming, coming down, down the, the steps. That's the staircase. Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. And, and Albert Bierstock painting Doug there Enholm. on the yes. staircase is there. This VP-elect That Harris. painting that people just saw used to be in the House of Representatives. Through the Capitol building to the far side of the crypt. Getting his final instructions from one of the monitors in the hallway. At the back of the shot, that's uh, leading down into the Capitol Visitor Center, the newest part of the Capitol complex, opened up in 2008. December 2nd. I remember that one. Officer Goodman. In the light brown coat. Well, that's going to be quite a moment. Quite a moment. The officer will proceed. Vice President-elect Harris and Doug Emhoff. Kamala Harris and Doug Emhoff here preparing to cross the crypt. Here they go. They step into the side of the crypt. Past the columns, columns military the guard at the left and right, all so branches again, of the military the pale, represented. Uh, brown coat there, United States Capitol Police Officer Eugene Goodman. He steps down the stairs. Deputy. Deputy Sergeant, Sergeant at arms. arms. Yes, for this ceremony. Acting Deputy Senate Sergeant at Arms. Excuse me. Eugene Goodman. Eugene O. Goodman. Private First Class, First United President States Capitol Police. President Harris Very soft takes her husband's arm. They go down a flight of stairs toward the doors. He's a familiar face to us and to our colli- uh, colleagues in the guide service. from a long view at the Capitol. Um, and he's a face that um, you all may have seen uh, recently. From the lawn up to the top of the dome. Video of the Capitol. The bottom of the dome. Back inside, we can hear the coming down the last flight of the stairs, making the way on the other side of the. Quite a little stumble there on the last stair, but made it successfully onto the carpet. They stride toward the door. Officer In the sheet. Goodman, this is a walk he's oh. made many a time, but um, never as part of the procession in quite this way. Don't you feel like he's... And he is. He's on duty. He's just, you can see his, his eyes sort of going back and forth. Oh, of course, he's seeing familiar faces all around him, but... Um. His eyes start left and right. Accompanying the vice president-elect, the chief of inaugural ceremonies, Maria Miller-Lohmeyer. 
the acting deputy house sergeant at arms, Kevin Grubb. She steps through the door. And the acting deputy senate sergeant at arms, United States Capitol Police Officer, Private First Class, Eugene O. Goodman. Well, they make their way to the steps. Crescendo applause, and we know who that's for. Yeah. Officer Goodman. He is the last to make his way down the stairs. He moves to the left, speaks to one of the officers there, and stands awaiting the vice president-elect at the top of the stairs now, waiting to come in. Oh, there we see Speaker Pelosi. Other members of Congress inside, behind them, waiting their turn. We've got a scholar acronyms. It's the Joint Congressional Committee. Ladies and gentlemen, the Vice President-elect of the United States, Kamala Devi Harris, and Mr. Douglas Imhoff. The doors part. They step through them, out to the top of the stairs. Vice President-elect Harris, who resigned her seat as a senator. She takes her husband's arm. They wave to the crowd. And today, very short. At the top of the stairs. So her office within the Capitol will move. Yes. From her senator's office to the vice president's office. She takes his arm again and they step together down the stairs. Transfer the location of the vice presidency. Vice president-elect Kamala Debbie Harris. The only executive office. A split screen now. The vice president-elect making her way toward the podium at the left. At the right, members of the Joint Congressional Council for inauguration ceremonies. Lawyer in the red scarf, member of the Joint Committee, the JC, Joint Congressional Committee. Making their way through the crypt, into the stairs, into the chute. Back outside, Vice President Harris greeting her family. Her children there. Her children, giving her husband a hug. She greets Vice President Pence. Oh, that's and Karen there. Pence. Vice President. VP meeting VP. Yes, yes. Karen Select. Vice President Elect Harris. Doug Emhoff greets the Pences as well and stands the real with Vice President Elect Harris's children behind her. There's folding chairs out there, but that's a, that's a real chair and a real table. And on that table, I believe, There's are some of the sacred texts that are going to be used today. Representative Resting on a silver platter next to the chair. A view from behind the Harris's, back toward the stairs at the crypt. Other members assemble inside the chute, waiting their turn. You notice it has gotten considerably darker. The wind did pick up. Inside the Capitol, we see President-elect Biden and Dr. Jill Biden inside the building, waiting to enter the far side of the crypt. Getting ready to cross through the crypt.
they stand holding hands. I can't stress enough that we have cameras in areas that... Dr. Jill Biden in a long teal coat with a dark teal collar and matching dress and string of pearls and a matching mask. Congressional Committee on Inaugural Ceremonies, Staff Representative Alexandria Gordikin DiCicco, accompanying the House Republican Leader, the Honorable Kevin McCarthy. Staff Representative Bridget Brennan, accompanying House Majority Leader, the Honorable Cindy Hoyer and Mrs. Yvette Lewis. Staff Representative Kate Knudsen, accompanying Speaker of the House of Representatives, the Honorable Nancy Pelosi and Mr. Paul Pelosi. Staff Representative Lindsey Kerr, accompanying the Honorable Amy Klobuchar and Mr. John Messer. Staff Representative Stephanie Hager Mucko, accompanying the Senate Majority Leader, the Honorable Mitch McConnell and the Honorable Elaine L. Chow. And Staff Representative Rochelle Graves Schroeder, accompanying the Chairman of the Joint Congressional Committee on Inaugural Ceremonies, the Honorable Roy Blunt and Mrs. Abigail Blunt. So those members of the JSEC, the Joint Congressional Committee on Inaugural Ceremonies, the official host of today's 59th Inaugural Ceremonies, we can see them there headed out onto the platform. The announcer just President-elect Biden and Dr. Jill Biden at the right, making Proud their way through the crypt. They put all this together. Pass the honor guard of all Not branches of the military. September, well before that, the planning has gone on. Moving down the stairs, now, let's be honest, this, this has been a different inauguration, and hopefully something that we won't Back see outside, uh, Senator McConnell and his wife, Elaine Chow, and other members of the committee make their way to their seats. He's been through a few of these ceremonies. Again, this is the second time Vice President-elect Kamala Harris in the center. Yes. There's been five people to chair the committee twice, and Senator Blunt would be the latest. Back inside, the binds make their way into the shoot. spoke of this ceremony today being an assurance for all people, our continued and unbroken commitment, continuity, stability, perseverance, democracy. As we get ready to see the peaceful transfer of power in an event both commonplace and miraculous. Dr. Biden waves to someone President in the hall. Biden here and Dr. Jill Biden just passing through the crypt of the Capitol soon to merge onto the platform. Back outside, the back of the Obamas, Obama's the are looking back toward the stairs and snowflakes are indeed flying. Cole and Ella, and it's snowing. Cole and Ella, VP Harris's children there. Uh, Ella is a young lady you see. Back inside, we see the Bidens waiting for their turn. Ladies and gentlemen, accompanying the President-elect, the Staff Director of the Joint Congressional Committee and Inaugural Ceremonies, Fitzhugh Elder IV, the Acting House Sergeant-at-Arms, Tim Blodgett, and the Acting Senate Sergeant-at-Arms, Jennifer Hemingway. They step out onto the carpet at the top of the stairs make their you know, way down snow, the stairs. Not unheard of in Washington no. in January. But you know what? When they used to have these in March, the Herald trumpets, not all in line. Until 1933, inaugurations happened in March. And pretty risky in the era before, un- before paved roads. We see the Obamas back inside to the Bidens. Our last inauguration, was, we had a little bit of rain present Trump. Our last inauguration, of course, President Obama. I, I think it was about 25 degrees. The weather's always an element. Ladies and gentlemen, the President-elect of the United States, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. and Dr. Jill Biden. The military guard opens the doors and they step out onto the carpet at the top of the stairs, moving from the chute onto the platform. 
President-elect Biden at the right, Dr. Jill Biden at the left. Marine man known as the President's Own. They play at the pleasure of the President and the Commandant, the Marine Corps. They reach the bottom of the stairs, eyes gleaming, pointing to friends. Dr. Jill waving to others on the podium. Fist bump with President Obama, Dr. Joe. Excuse me, President-elect Biden. Fist bump with President Obama. President-elect Biden waves to others on the platform. Everyone applauding. His eyes bright. He turns around and looks at those around Ladies him. Ladies and gentlemen, please be seated. He points to other members. That's, That's a phrase that is well welcomed right now. <laughs> Let's, Let's enjoy, enjoy the ceremony. ceremony. Please welcome the Honorable Amy Klobuchar. She makes her way to the podium. She removes Vice her President mask. Pence, Mr. President-elect, Madam Vice President-elect, members of Congress and the judicial branch, former presidents and first ladies, vice presidents, leaders from abroad, and a whole bunch of Bidens. America, welcome to the 59th presidential inauguration, where in just a few moments, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will take their solemn oaths. We see them sitting in the blue leather armchairs. is the culmination of 244 years of a democracy. It is the moment when leaders brought to this stage by the will of the people promised to be faithful to our Constitution, to cherish it and defend it. It is the moment when they become, as we all should be, guardians of our country. Have we become too jaded, too accustomed to the ritual of the passing of the torch of democracy to truly appreciate what a blessing and a privilege it is to witness this moment? I think not. Two weeks ago, when an angry, violent mob staged an insurrection and desecrated this temple of our democracy, it awakened us to our responsibilities as Americans. This is the day when our democracy picks itself up, brushes off the dust, and does what America always does goes forward as a nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Those in the podium and of a crowd cheering. trust between our leaders and our people takes place in front of this shining Capitol Dome for a reason. When Abraham Lincoln gave his first inaugural address in front of this Capitol, the dome was only partially constructed, braced by ropes of steel. He He promised he would would finish finish it. it. He was was criticized for for spending spending funds on it during the Civil War. War. To those those critics, he replied, if the people see the Capitol going on, it is a sign we intend the Union shall go on. And it did, and it will. Generations of Americans gave their lives to preserve our republic in this place. 
great legislation to protect civil rights and economic security and lead the world was debated and crafted under this dome. dome. Now it falls on all of us not just the two leaders we are inaugurating today, to take up the torch of our democracy, not as a weapon of political arson, but as an instrument for good. We pledge today never to take our democracy for granted as we celebrate its remarkable strength. We celebrate its resilience, its grit. We celebrate the ordinary people doing extraordinary things for our nation, the doctors and nurses on the front line of this pandemic, the officers in the Capitol, a new generation never giving up hope for justice. We celebrate a new president, Joe Biden, who vows to restore the soul of America and cross the river of our divides to a higher plane. And we celebrate our first African American, first Asian American, and first woman vice president. A glimpse of the crowd through the balustrade. Who stands on the shoulders of so many on this platform who have forged the way to this day. When she takes the oath of office, little girls and boys across the world will know that anything and everything is possible. And in the end, that is America, our democracy, a country of so much good. And today, on these capital steps and before this glorious field of flags, we rededicate ourselves to its cause. Thank you. The flag she mentions are out on the lawn and they represent the members that were not able to join them. To introduce to you the senator who has worked with me and so many others to make this ceremony possible. My friend and the chair of the inaugural committee, Missouri Senator Roy Blunt. Off to the side of the podium, they have remarks while the podium is wiped down for sanitary reasons. The senator with his portfolio in hand takes the podium. Well, I should have known when Senator Klobuchar got involved, at least there'd be a touch of snow up here this morning. Of all the things we'd considered, I don't think snow was on my agenda until I walked out the door a moment ago. But thank you, Senator Klobuchar, and thanks to the other members of the Joint Congressional Committee on the Inauguration as we officially began the 59th inaugural ceremony. I also want to thank the Joint Committee staff and our partners, particularly our security partners, for the way they've dealt with unprecedented circumstances. When I chaired the inauguration four years ago, I shared President Reagan's 1981 description of this event as commonplace and miraculous. Commonplace because we've done it every four years since 1789, Miraculous, because we've done it every four years since 1789. Americans have celebrated this moment during war, during depression, and now during pandemic. Once again, all three branches of our government come together as the Constitution envisions. Once again, we renew our commitment to our determined democracy, forging a more perfect union. That theme for this inauguration, our determined democracy, forging a more perfect union, was announced by the Joint Committee before the election. 
with the belief that the United States can only fulfill its promise and set an example for others if we are always working to be better than we have been. The Constitution established that determined democracy with its first three words, declaring the people as the source of the government. The Articles of Confederation hadn't done that. The Magna Carta hadn't done that. Only the Constitution says the government exists because the people are the source of the reason it exists. They immediately followed those first three words with the words to form a more perfect union. The founders did not say to form a perfect union. They did not claim that in our new country nothing would need to be improved. Fortunately, they understood that always working to be better would be the hallmark of a great democracy. The freedoms we have today, the nation we have today, is not here just because it happened. Uh, and they aren't complete. A great democracy working through the successes and failures of our history, striving to be better than it had been. And we are more than we have been, and we are less than we hope to be. The assault on our capital at this very place just two weeks ago reminds us that a government designed to balance and check itself is both fragile and resilient. During the last year, the pandemic challenged our free and open society and called for extraordinary determination and sacrifice and still challenges us today. Meeting that challenge head on have been and are healthcare workers, scientists, first responders, essential frontline workers, and so many others we depend on in so many ways. Today we come to this moment People all over the world, as we're here, are watching and will watch what we do here. Our government comes together. The Congress and the courts join the transition of executive responsibility. One political party more pleased today and on every inaugural day than the other. But this is not a moment of division. It's a moment of unification. A new administration begins and brings with it a new beginning. And with that, our great national debate goes forward, and a determined democracy will continue to be essential in pursuit of a more perfect union and a better future for all Americans. What a privilege for me to join you today. Thank you. I'm pleased to call to the podium a longtime friend of the president-elect and his family, Father Leo O'Donovan, to lead us in an invocation Please stand if you are able and remain standing for the national anthem and the pledge to our flag. Members in the audience do rise. The podium is wiped down before the father takes his place. Father removes his mask and approaches the podium. Gracious and merciful God, at this sacred time we come before you in need, indeed on our knees. But we come still more with hope 
and with our eyes raised anew to the vision of a more perfect union in our land, a union of all our citizens to promote the general welfare and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. We are a people of many races, creeds, and colors, national backgrounds, cultures, and styles, now far more numerous and on land much vaster than when Archbishop John Carroll wrote his prayer for the inauguration of George Washington 232 years ago. Archbishop Carroll prayed that you, O creator of all, would assist with your Holy Spirit of counsel and fortitude the president of these United States that his administration may be conducted in righteousness and be eminently useful to your people. Today we confess our past failures to live according to our vision of equality, inclusion, and freedom for all. Yet we resolutely commit still more now to renewing the vision, to caring for one another in word and deed especially the least fortunate among us, and so becoming a light for the world. There is a power in each and every one of us that lives by turning to every other one of us, a thrust of the spirit to cherish and care and stand by others and above all those most in need. It is called love and its path is to give ever more of itself. Today, it is called American patriotism, born not of power and privilege, but of care for the common good, with malice toward none and with charity for all. For our new president, we beg of you the wisdom Solomon sought when he knelt before you and prayed for an understanding heart so that I can govern your people and know the difference between right and wrong. We trust in the counsel of the letter of James. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Pope Francis has reminded us how important it is to dream together. By ourselves, he wrote, we risk seeing mirages, things that are not there. Dreams, on the other hand, are built together. Be with us, holy mystery of love, as we dream together. Help us under our new president to reconcile the people of our land Restore our dream and invest it with peace and justice and the joy that is the overflow of love. To the glory of your name forever. Amen. He steps down from the podium. Members in the audience raise their heads now that the prayer is over. The Reverend Father and President-elect Biden exchange pleasantries, fist pumps with the first, the future first family. 
Ladies and gentlemen, please remain standing for the presentation of our national colors by the Armed Forces Color Guard, the singing of our national anthem, and for the Pledge of Allegiance. view of the podium and all of the officials on stage. Below them, but not in frame, the Marine Corps band plays. We see those colors come out now on the upper promenade. The American flag is first, followed by the flag of the branches of the military. The tops of those flags have large amounts of ribbons waving off of them. They space out evenly along the promenade and march in place. The wind is picking up the flags quite well. There is a newer black flag in there for the United States, United States Space Ladies Force. And gentlemen. Here for the singing of our national anthem, accompanied by the President's own United States Marine Band, please welcome Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga makes her way out from the crypt entrance. She is uh, on the arm of a gentleman from the armed forces. She has a large red ball, ball gown that she has clutched up in her hands uh, so that she can make her way down the stairs. And she is wearing a tight-fitted black long-sleeve bodice that has a large, across the right shoulder, a large gold bird is flying. Her hair is up um, in a braid across her head so that it is not flying in the wind. She nods to her military escort and approaches the podium. She nods her head to Vice President-elect Kamala Harris and President-elect Joe Biden. She takes a microphone. She takes a deep breath, smiling. The microphone and cord are gold, matching the bird on her right arm. flag is superimposed waving over her. flags on the Great Lawn.
she sweeps her arm out in a gesture to take in the audience. President-elect Biden is clapping. We see the flags waving at the Capitol. Underneath the main flagpole, we see the POW flag. Lady Gaga makes her way off the stage. She bows to, she bows her head to both president-elect and vice president-elect before making her way to the back. She waves and smiles at the Obamas. Upon closer inspection, it appeared that the gold bird that was on her right shoulder um, was a gold Ladies dove with an olive branch in its mouth. From the city of South Fulton, Georgia, Fire and Rescue Department, President of the International Association of Firefighters, Local 3920, Fire Captain Andrea M. Hall for the reciting of the Pledge of Allegiance. In dress uniform, they take the podium. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. She uses ASL as she speaks. For which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. She turns at attention and salutes President-elect Biden. She makes her way off the podium. What you are all about to be part of America is a historic moment of first. To administer the oath, to our first African-American, our first Asian-American, and our first woman vice president, Kamala Harris, it is my great privilege to welcome to the inaugural stage the first Latina to ever serve on the Supreme Court of the United States of America, Justice Sonia Sotomayor. Senator Klobuchar steps away from the podium. Please remain standing for the oath of office, followed by musical honors. Vice President-elect Kamala Harris makes her way up onto the stage platform. Future Second Gentleman Doug Emhoff holds the family Bible Please next to her, your right hand and as well as a Bible from Justice Thomas. I, Kamala Davy Harris, do solemnly swear. That I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. Against all enemies, foreign and domestic. That I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. That I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. That I take this obligation freely. That I take this obligation freely. Without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. Without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. That I will well and faithfully discharge. That I will well and faithfully discharge. The duties of the office on which I am about to enter. The duties of the office upon which I am about to enter. So help me God. So help me God. Vice President Kamala Harris hugs her husband. She is wearing a bright purple tone-on-tone outfit. She has her customary pearls up at her neck and is wearing large pearl earrings. She turns around to Vice to President-elect Biden and fist bumps him. She then waves her the crowd. Second Gentleman Emhoff uh, shakes hands with Dr. Jill Biden.
Vice President Harris turns and stands in front of her seat. Ladies and gentlemen, please be seated. Everyone sits. Please welcome Jennifer Lopez to perform This Land is Your Land and America the Beautiful, accompanied by members of the President's Own United States Marine Band. The Marines open the doors for her. She's escorted by another member of the military. She's wearing a long white coat, a tone-on-tone pantsuit underneath, with a beautiful silk scarf, her hair tied back in a long flowing ponytail. They reach the bottom of the stairs. She approaches the podium. Silver and gold earrings. She takes a microphone. She stands before the stand, takes a deep breath. The sun has come out, shining on the proceedings now. This land is your land This land is my land From California To the New York Islands From the Redwood Forest To the Gulf Stream waters This land was made for you View of the Capitol Dome and the proceedings below. Back to the podium. A gentleman holds his baby in his arms. His little girl. The flag flies high over the Capitol Dome. A view towards the Washington Monument over the field of flags. to the sky, the field of flags superimposed over her image, float and flutter in the breezes, now from below looking up at the capital zone, back to the podium. Points her finger into the air and grabs the mic. This land was made for you and me.
she steps back and blows a kiss to the audience. Vice President-elect Biden claps. She walks past him, escorted back towards the stairs. Well, that was great. The sun is shining. Senator Klobuchar. This is the first inauguration in the history of America where J-Lo was the warm-up act for Chief Justice Roberts. Uh, With that, it is now my distinct honor to introduce the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States, John Roberts, to administer the presidential oath to the next President of the United States, Joseph R. Biden. The audience claps. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand for the oath of office, followed by musical honors. And moves from his chair past Vice President Harris to the platform in front of the podium. President-elect Biden joins him on that podium. He helps Dr. Jill Biden up from the podium next to him and his children and grandchildren beside and surrounding him. Dr. Biden holds a large book. Please raise your right hand and repeat after me. He lays his left hand on the book. I, Joseph Robinette Biden, Jr., do solemnly swear. I, Joseph Robinette Biden, Jr., do solemnly swear. That I will faithfully execute. That I will faithfully execute. The office of President of the United States. The office of President of the United States. And will, to the best of my ability. Will, to the best of my ability. Preserve, protect, and defend. Preserve, protect, and defend. The Constitution of the United States. Constitution of the United States. So help you God. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. President. Dr. Biden hands the Bible to Chief Justice Roberts. She gives her husband, now President Biden, a kiss. He embraces his family, gives his son a kiss, his daughter-in-law, his daughter. Tearfully exchange smiles, stroking each other on the arm. President Biden turns to the crowd behind him, raises his hands, points to some folks, and turns back toward the crowd in front of him. Puts his arm around Senator Klobuchar, checking on the order of ceremonies. They exchange a brief pleasantry and joke and smile. Senator Klobuchar has a mask on. President Biden removed his for the oath of office and is the only one without a mask. Ladies and Senator gentlemen, McConnell please behind be seated. Him. Everyone sits. We look at the podium just above the Marine Band. Nothing particularly going on at the moment. Senator Klobuchar stands at the left. 
Another view of the podium, a little higher up now, encompassing the flags between the columns of the Capitol behind. Different numbers of stars with different eras of flags over the course of our history. Someone approaches the podium, seems to put a platform down for Senator Klobuchar, who now My steps to the microphone. Americans. A moment we have all been waiting for. It is now my great privilege and high honor to be the first person to officially introduce the 46th President of the United States, Joseph R. Biden, Jr. Dr. Jill pats his shoulders as he stands. A broad smile crosses his face. Senator Klobuchar taps him on the shoulder as President Biden makes his way to the podium. He stands on the platform behind it. It now is wiped down and replaced. He stands at the podium, holds his arms out to the audience. Teleprompter panels to the left and right of him. Vice President Harris. A broad grin smile crosses his face. Leader Schumer. Leader McConnell. Vice President Pence. My, uh, my distinguished, distinguished guest, guest, my fellow my Americans. Americans. This, this is America's day. day. This, this is democracy's day. day. A day of history and hope, of renewal and resolve. Through a crucible for the ages, America has been tested anew. And America has this challenge. Today, we celebrate the triumph not of a candidate, but of a cause. The cause, the cause of democracy. Of democracy. The, the people, people, the will of the people, people has been heard, heard, and the and will the of the people, people has been heeded. We've, We've learned, learned again that democracy, democracy is precious. Is precious. Democracy, democracy is fragile. fragile. And at this, this hour, hour, my friends, friends democracy, democracy has, has prevailed. prevailed. A wider shot. So Audience On this hallowed assembled. ground where just a few days ago, violence sought to shake the Capitol's very foundation. We come together as one nation, under God, indivisible, to carry out the peaceful transfer of power as we have for more than two centuries. As we look ahead in our uniquely American way, restless, bold, optimistic, and set our sights on the nation we know we can be and we must be. I thank my predecessors of both parties for their presence here today. I thank them from the bottom of my heart. And I know... He turns to them. And I know the resilience of our Constitution and the strength, the strength of our nation, as does President Carter, who I spoke with last night, who cannot be with us today, but whom we salute for his lifetime and service. I've just taken the sacred oath each of those patriots have taken. The oath first sworn by George Washington. But the American story depends not on any one of us, not on some of us, but on all of us. On, on we, we, the people, the people 
who seek a more perfect union. This is a great nation. We are good people. And over the centuries, through storm and strife, in peace and in war, we've come so far. But we still have far to go. We'll press forward with speed and urgency, for we have much to do in this winter of peril and significant possibilities. Much to repair, much to restore, much to heal, much to build, and much to gain. Few people in our nation's history have been more challenged or found a time more challenging or difficult than the time we're in now. Once in a century virus that silently stalks the country has taken as many lives in one year as America lost in all of World War II. Millions of jobs have been lost. Hundreds of thousands of businesses closed. A cry for racial justice some 400 years in the making moves us. The dream of justice for all will be deferred no longer. A cry for survival comes from the planet itself. A cry that can't be any more desperate or any more clear. And now, a rise of political extremism, white supremacy, domestic terrorism, that we must confront and we will defeat. Members of the audience applause. these challenges to restore the soul and secure the future of America requires so much more than words. It requires the most elusive of all things in a democracy. Unity. Unity. In another January, on New Year's Day in 1863, Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. When he put pen to paper, the president said, and I quote, if my name ever goes down into history, it'll be for this act, and my whole soul is in it. My whole soul is in it. Today, on this January day, my whole soul is in this bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting our nation. And I ask every American to join me in this cause. Speaker Pelosi. Uniting to fight the foes we face, anger, resentment and hatred, extremism, lawlessness, violence, disease, joblessness and hopelessness. With unity, we can do great things, important things. We can right wrongs. We can put people to work in good jobs. We can teach our children in safe schools. We can overcome the deadly virus. We can reward work and rebuild the middle class and make health care secure for all. We can deliver racial justice and we can make America once again the leading force for good in the world. I know speaking of unity can sound to some like a foolish fantasy these days. I know the forces that divide us are deep and they are real. But I also know they are not new. Our history has been a constant struggle between the American ideal that we're all are created equal and the harsh, ugly reality that racism, 
nativism, fear, demonization have long torn us apart. The battle is perennial, and victory is never assured. Through civil war, the Great Depression, World War, 9-11, through struggle, sacrifice, and setbacks, our better angels have always prevailed. In each of these moments, enough of us, enough of us have come together to carry all of us forward. And we can do that now. History, faith, and reason show the way, the way of unity. We can see each other not as adversaries, but as neighbors. We can treat each other with dignity and respect. We can join forces, stop the shouting, and lower the temperature. For without unity, there is no peace, only bitterness and fury, no progress. Only exhausting outrage. No nation. Only a state of chaos. This is our historic moment of crisis and challenge. And unity is the path forward. And we must meet this moment as the United States of America. If we do that, I guarantee you we will not fail. We have never, ever, ever, ever failed in America. When we've acted together. together. And so today, at this time, in this place, let's start afresh, all of us. Let's begin to listen to one another again. Hear one another. See one another. Show respect to one another. Politics doesn't have to be a raging fire, destroying everything in its path. Every disagreement doesn't have to be a cause for total war. And we, and we must, must reject, reject the culture, culture in which facts, facts themselves are manipulated, are manipulated and even and manufactured. manufactured. His face stern and My resolute. fellow Americans, we have to be different than this. America has to be better than this. And I believe America is so much better than this. Just look around. Here we stand in the shadow of the Capitol Dome as was mentioned earlier, completed amid the Civil War, when the Union itself was literally hanging in the balance. Yet we endured. We prevailed. Here we stand, looking out on the Great Mall, where Dr. King spoke of his dream. Here we stand, where 108 years ago, at another inaugural, thousands of protesters tried to block brave women marching for the right to vote. And today, we mark the swearing in of the first woman in American history elected to national office, Vice President Kamala Harris. Don't tell me things can change. Here we stand, across the Potomac from Arlington Cemetery, where heroes who gave the last full measure of devotion rest in eternal peace. And here we stand. Just days after a riotous mob thought they could use violence to silence the will of the people, to stop the work of our democracy, to drive us from this sacred ground. It did not happen. It will never happen. Not today, not tomorrow, not ever. Not ever. He pounds his finger into the podium. 
view of the members of the audience out on the lawn. You know, to smart, all those who supported our campaign, I'm humbled by the faith you've placed in us. To all those who did not support us, let me say this. Hear me out as we move forward. Take a measure of me and my heart. And if you still disagree, so be it. That's democracy. That's America. The right to dissent peaceably within the guardrails of our republic is perhaps this nation's greatest strength. Yet hear me clearly. Disagreement must not lead to disunion. And I pledge this to you. I will be a president for all Americans. All Americans. And I promise you, I will fight as hard for those who did not support me as for those who did. Many centuries ago, St. Augustine, a saint of my church, wrote that a people was a multitude defined by the common objects of their love. Defined by the common objects of their love. What are the common objects we as Americans love that define us as Americans? I think we know. Opportunity, security, liberty, dignity, respect, honor, and yes, the truth. He leans into the microphone. Recent weeks and months have taught us a painful lesson. There is truth and there are lies. Lies told for power and for profit. And each of us has a duty and a responsibility as citizens, as Americans, and especially as leaders. Leaders who have pledged to honor our Constitution and protect our nation, to defend the truth and defeat the lies. Look, I understand that many of my fellow Americans view the future was fear and trepidation. I understand they worry about their jobs. I understand, like my dad, they lay in bed staring at, the, at night, staring at the ceiling, wondering, can I keep my health care? Can I pay my mortgage? Thinking about their families, about what comes next. I promise you, I get it. But the answer is not to turn inward, to retreat into competing factions, distrusting those who don't look like look like you or worship the way you do or don't get their news from the same sources you do we must end this uncivil war that pits red against blue rural versus urban or rural versus urban conservative versus liberal we can do this if we open our souls instead of hardening our hearts if we show a little tolerance and humility. And if we're willing to stand in the other person's shoes, as my mom would say, just for a moment, stand in their shoes. Because here's the thing about life. There's no accounting for what fate will deal you. Some days, when you need a hand, there are other days when we're called to lend a hand. That's how it has to be. That's what we do for one another. And if we are this way, our country will be stronger, more prosperous, more ready for the future. And we can still disagree. 
my fellow Americans. In the work ahead of us, we're going to need each other. We need all our strength to, preserve, to persevere through this dark winter. We're entering what may be the toughest and deadliest period of the virus. We must set aside politics and finally face this pandemic as one nation. One nation. And I promise you this, as the Bible says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. We will get through this together, together. He extends his hands out to the audience. All my colleagues I serve with in the House and the Senate up here. He turns. We all understand. The world is watching, watching all of us today. So here's my message to those beyond our borders. America has been tested, and we've come out stronger for it. We will repair our alliances and engage with the world once again. Not to meet yesterday's challenges, but today's and tomorrow's challenges. And we'll lead, not merely by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. We'll be a strong and trusted partner for peace, progress, and security. Look, you all know we've been through, through so much in this nation. And my first act as president, I'd like to ask you to join me in a moment of silent prayer. Remember all of those who we lost in this past year to the pandemic, those 400,000 fellow Americans, moms, dads, husbands, wives, sons, daughters, friends, neighbors, and coworkers. We'll honor them by becoming the people and the nation we know we can and should be. So I ask you, Let's say a silent prayer for those who've lost their lives and those left behind and for our country. He closes his eyes and bows his head. Amen. Folks, this is a time of testing. We face an attack on our democracy and on truth, a raging virus, growing inequity, the sting of systemic racism, a climate in crisis, America's role in the world. Any one of these would be enough to challenge us in profound ways. But the fact is, we face them all at once, presenting this nation with the, one of the gravest responsibilities we've had. Now we're going to be tested. Are we going to step up? All of us? It's time for boldness. For there's, there's so, so much, much to, do. to do. And this, this is, certain. is certain. I promise, I promise you, you, we, we will, will be judged, judged, you and I, by how, how we resolve these cascading crises of our era. Of our era. We will we rise to the occasion, is the question. question. Will, will we, we master, master this rare, rare and difficult hour? hour? Will we, we meet our obligations and pass along a new and better world to our children? I believe we must. I'm sure you do as well. I believe we will. And when we do, we'll write the next great chapter in the history of the United States of America, the American story. A story that might sound something like a song that means a lot to me. It's called American Anthem. 
There's one verse that stands out, at least for me, and it goes like this. The work and prayers of century have brought us to this day. What shall be our legacy? What will our children say? Let me know in my heart when my days are through. America, America, I gave my best to you. Let's add. Let's us, us add our, our own work and prayers, prayers to the, the unfolding story, story of our great, great nation. nation. If, if we, we do this, then when our days are through, our children, our children and our children's children, children will save us. They gave their best. They, they did, did their, their duty. duty. They, they healed the broken land. land. My, My fellow Americans, Americans I closed the day where I began, began with the sacred oath before, before God and all of you. I give you my word. I will always level with you. I will defend the Constitution. I'll defend our democracy. I'll defend America. And I'll give all, all of you, keep everything you I do in your service, thinking not of power, but of possibilities, not of personal interest, but the public good. And together, we shall write an American story of hope, not fear, of unity, not division, of light, not darkness, a story of decency and dignity, love and healing, greatness and goodness. May this be the story that guides us, the story that inspires us, and the story that tells ages yet to come that we answer the call of history. We met the moment, democracy and hope, Truth and justice did not die on our watch, but thrive. That America secured liberty at home and stood once again as a beacon to the world. That is what we owe our forebears, one another, and generation to follow. So, with purpose and resolve, we turn to those tasks of our time, sustained by faith, driven by conviction, and devoted to one another and the country we love with all our hearts. May God bless America, and may God protect our troops. Thank you, America. We look over the field of flags on the lawn, waving in the breeze and the bright sunshine. He steps away from the podium. Members of the audience standing and applauding. Vice President Harris, Senator Klobuchar, and you. President Biden takes his seat. Dr. Biden leans on his shoulders. Ladies and gentlemen, please speak something seated. to his ear and continues to applaud. Everyone takes a seat. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Garth Brooks to perform Amazing Grace. From the entrance to the podium, he walks out. He's wearing a black blazer with a black button-up shirt, black cowboy hat. He has on Wrangler jeans and a large silver belt buckle with brown cowboy boots. He approaches the podium. He takes off his mask. He tips his hat to the president as he walks by. Unseen, someone hands him a microphone. He removes his hat. Members of the Marine Corps Band play. Oh. 
Sing this last verse with me. Not just the people here, but the people at home. At work. As one. United. He addresses the camera directly. He turns to take in the crowd. I once was lost, but now I found was blind, but now I see. He lowers the microphone and puts it on the stand. He puts his hat back on. He removes his hat briefly so that he can shake hands with President Biden and shake hands with Vice President Pence and Vice President Harris. He exits the stage in the area. He gives a hug to Obama on his way out, as well as Michelle Obama. Hard not to be reminded of... A gentleman takes the the podium. In the back, we see Garth Brooks racing out. The audience cheering for him. Hard not to be reminded of President Obama's singing that same song at the Mother Emanuel Church. Senator Blunt. A song that in our culture is as close to both poetry and prayer as you could possibly come. Uh, And we're going to finish with those two things. Let me introduce Amanda Gorman. Uh, our nation's first ever National Poet Laureate. He exits the podium area. The podium is wiped down. A young woman with medium brown skin wearing a bright yellow coat and a red headband with her hair pulled up approaches the podium. She holds in her hand a black portfolio. She opens it. She smiles broadly at the audience. Mr. Mr. President, President, 
Dr. Biden, Madam Vice President, Mr. Emhoff, Americans, and the world. When day comes, we ask ourselves, where can we find light in this never-ending shade? The loss we carry, a sea we must wade. We've braved the belly of the beast. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace. In the norms of what just is, isn't always just is. And yet the dawn is ours before we knew it. Somehow we do it. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken, but simply unfinished. We, the successors of a country and a time where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president only to find herself reciting for one. And yes, we are far from polished, far from pristine, but that doesn't mean we are striving to form a union that is perfect. We are striving to forge our union with purpose to compose a country committed to all cultures, colors, characters, and conditions of man. And so we lift our gaze not to what stands between us, but what stands before us. We close the divide because we know to put our future first. We must first put our differences aside. We lay down our arms so we can reach out our arms to one another. We seek harm to none and harmony for all. Let the globe, if nothing else, say this is true. That even as we grieved, we grew. That even as we hurt, we hoped. That even as we tired, we tried. That we'll forever be tied together, victorious. Not because we will never again know defeat, but because we will never again sow division. Scripture tells us to envision that everyone shall sit under their own vine and fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. If we're to live up to our own time, then victory won't lie in the blade, but in all the bridges we've made. That is the promise to glade, the hill we climb, if only we dare it. Because being American is more than a pride we inherit. It's the past we stepped into and how we repair it. We've seen a force that would shatter our nation rather than share it would destroy our country if it meant delaying democracy. And this effort very nearly succeeded. But while democracy can be periodically delayed, it can never be permanently defeated. In this truth, in this faith we trust, for while we have our eyes on the future, history has its eyes on us. This is the era of just redemption. We feared it at its inception. We did not feel prepared to be the heirs of such a terrifying hour, but within it we found the power to author a new chapter, to offer hope and laughter to ourselves. So, while once we asked, How could we possibly prevail over catastrophe? Now we assert. 
How could catastrophe possibly prevail over us? We will not march back to what was, but move to what shall be, a country that is bruised, but whole, benevolent, but bold, fierce, and free. We will not be turned around or interrupted by intimidation, because we know our inaction and inertia will be the inheritance of the next generation. Our blunders become their burdens, but one thing is certain. If we merge mercy with might and might with right, then love becomes our legacy and change our children's birthright. So let us leave behind a country better than one we were left with every breath from my bronze pounded chest. We will raise this wounded world into a wondrous one. We will rise from the gold-limbed hills of the west. We will rise from the windswept northeast where our forefathers first realized revolution. We will rise from the lake-rimmed cities of the Midwestern states. We will rise from the sun-baked south. We will rebuild, reconcile, and recover in every known nook of our nation in every corner called our country. Our people diverse and beautiful will emerge battered and beautiful. When day comes, we step out of the shade of flame and unafraid. The new dawn blooms as we free it. For there is always light if only we're brave enough to see it. If only we're brave enough to be it. She bows her head to the audience, takes her portfolio. She turns and bows to the people on the podium platforms with her. They all give her a standing ovation, clapping. The podium is wiped Thank down. Thank you, Amanda Gorman. Now for Senator Blunt. I'm pleased to introduce Reverend Dr. Sylvester Beeman, the pastor of the Bethel African Methodist Episcopal Church in Wilmington, Delaware, a friend of President Biden for 30 years. The gentleman comes to the podium. He removes his mask. A brief pause so that the podium can be wiped down again. As a nation and people of faith gathered in this historical moment, let us unite in prayer. God, we gather under the beauty of your holiness and the holiness of your beauty. We seek your face, your smile, your warm embrace. We petition you once more in this celebration. We pray for divine favor upon our president, Joseph R. Biden, and our first lady, Dr. Jill Biden, and their family. We further ask that you would extend the same favor upon our vice president, Kamala D. Harris, and our second gentleman, Doug Imhoff, and their family. More than ever, more than ever, they and our nation need you. We need you, for in you we discover our common humanity. In our common humanity, we will seek out the wounded 
and bind their wounds. We will seek healing for those who are sick and diseased. We will mourn our dead. We will befriend the lonely, the least, and the left out. We will share our abundance with those who are hungry. We will do justly to the oppressed, acknowledge sin, and seek forgiveness, thus grasping reconciliation. In discovering our humanity, we will seek the good in and for all our neighbors. We will love the unlovable, remove the stigma of the so-called untouchables. We will care for our most vulnerable, our children, the elderly, emotionally challenged, and the poor. We will seek rehabilitation beyond correction. We will extend opportunity to those locked out of opportunity. We will make friends of our enemies. We will make friends of our enemies. People, your people, shall no longer raise up weapons against one another. We will rather use our resources for the national good and become a beacon of life and goodwill to the world. And neither shall we learn hatred anymore. We'll lie down in peace and not make our neighbors afraid. In you, O oh God, we discover our humanity. In our humanity, we discover our commonness. Beyond the difference of color, creed, origin, political party, ideology, geography, and personal preferences. We'll become greater stewards of your environment, preserving the land, reaping from it a sustainable harvest, and securing its wonder and miracle-giving power for generations to come. This is our benediction, that from these hallowed grounds where slaves labored to build this shrine and citadel to liberty and democracy. Let us all acknowledge from the indigenous Native American to those who recently received their citizenship, from the African American to those whose foreparents came from Europe and every corner of the globe, from the wealthy to those struggling to make it, from every human being regardless of their choices, that this is our country. He throws his arms As wide. Such, teach us, O oh God. As such, teach us, O oh God, to live in it, love in it, be healed in it, and reconcile to one another in it, lest we miss kingdom's goal. To your glory, majesty, dominion, and power forever. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. In the strong name of our collective faith. Amen. He steps Please back from remain the podium. standing as the Armed Forces Color Guard retires our national colors. The Reverend gives a fist bump to President Biden and Vice President Harris. He greets Biden's family. Everyone in the audience remains standing. On the upper balcony, the members of the armed forces raise up their flags. They begin to process out. 
We return to a view of President Biden. He stands watching as the uh, military had left the upper balcony. Ladies and gentlemen, please be seated and remain in your seats while the president and official party depart the platform. For safety reasons, your ushers will release your section in an organized manner. Following the playing of our national march, the stars and stripes forever. A wide view of the proceedings, then we watch as President Biden and Dr. Jill Biden wave and shake hands with dignitaries as they exit the area, followed by Vice President Harris and Second Gentleman Doug Emhoff. They're held up right now greeting the Obamas. President Biden receiving words from President Bush and First Lady Bush. Now shaking hands with President Clinton and the Honorable Clinton. A hug between Vice President Harris and Michelle Obama. President Biden looks around for Dr. Jill. She's been greeting dignitaries on her own. Vice President Harris stops and speaks with a member of the armed forces. They slowly continue their march towards the back steps that will lead up into the chute and the crypt. They are preceded by the Deputy Sergeant-in-Arms. President Biden and First Lady Dr. Jill Biden have left. Vice President Harris and her husband are greeting their families. They have left the view. Now we see Vice President Harris and her husband heading up the steps up into the chute and to return into the crypt. And members of the audience are milling about. President Clinton speaking with different officials. jovial and calm atmosphere. Different officials waiting to exit the stage as well, including Vice President Pence and his wife. They stand near. We, really we see now the, the different uh, justices uh, being greeted by former President Bush and Clinton. Orderly discipline secession. Uh, I'd like to make a, a couple of remarks in terms of Abraham Lincoln. He, he was quoted three times, now, not by necessarily President Biden, but from the time the ceremony started. And two of the quotes were coming from his inauguration. Uh, how about the first youth poet, Amanda Gore? Uh, she was tremendous, using words like build and recover. But she's awfully skilled in alliteration. Now inside the Capitol, we see yes, President Amanda Biden poem, and First Lady Dr. Calm, Jill Biden making um, their way through. An uplifting moment. Poets have been included in the ceremony 
1961, we were talking a little bit earlier, Robert Frost, that year for Kennedy's inauguration, read a poem, and um, it's one of these uh, ways Return to the view outside as the officials are leaving. There are, are different things each year, and there are some things that are the same from one to the next. But President Obama, the peaceful greeting, uh, Chuck Schumer. Mitch McConnell, fist bumps. Inside the Capitol, we see Vice President Harris and Second Gentleman Doug Emhoff. It's just so common, and it just fit. Garth Brooks walking down the staircase and singing Amazing Grace. And when he left, it's as if his horse was hitched on the east side of the Capitol, and he rode off. It was just wonderful. You know, the Joint Committee on Congressional, the Joint Congressional Committee on Inaugural Ceremonies, Chairman Blunt said, we're witnessing an event both commonplace and miraculous. And I think you just summed it up right there. Um, the commonality that we feel when we see musical performances, when we hear live music, and then the miraculous moment um, where we see this changeover of power. And it's something which is unique to the United States, this ceremony. Nobody else does anything like this. And nobody else has a live stream feed like ours because we have cameras in places. Even now. We have cameras in places nobody else does. So we're getting some angles here. You can see the Obamas there. Secretary Chow behind Mrs. Obama. Senator McConnell's wife. That's VP Harris's uh, children just behind them. Cole and Ella. Ella has the decorated shoulders on her jacket. There's Clinton, former President Clinton with the Obamas there as well. And this is the part where everybody gets up and starts to make their way back off the platform, back into the Capitol. We saw VP uh, Harris and her husband going through the crypt a few moments ago. You know, President Biden, within the first sentence or two, used these three words, our determined democracy. That's the theme. That's the theme of the 59th inaugural ceremonies. That's the theme that the JSEC selected. And um, a wonderful phrase to encapsulate this, our determined democracy forging a more perfect union. And a few, and a few people made reference to it. To it. You, you also, also mentioned, mentioned how um, Biden's, Biden's inaugural speech, he quoted others. And there's so many famous quotes that come to us from presidential inaugural speeches. That's why inaugurations are so important. I mentioned earlier about Thomas Jefferson's quote. What about Andrew Jackson mentioning about government, uh, that, that it should be for the good of the people and that the people will direct it, that government should respect the privacy of persons and positions. Andrew Jackson. We, we, we could go on about FDR. That. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And Lincoln, the better angels of our nature, comes from his one of his inaugural speeches. This is a moment where, and they vary in length. We've had long inaugural speeches in our nation's history. We've had short ones. We've had fatally long uh, inaugural speeches. Well, President Harrison, you had to bring that up. We see the young poet laureate meeting President Michelle and President it's Obama. Not the people that have held government. It's, it's government, government that needs to be accountable to the people. And we see Lady President Gaga Obama now greeting the Obamas. It is an inaugural dress. His first words, the remaking of America. There's the poet Amanda Gorman there at the lower right of your screen. And President Obama hugging Lady Gaga. The lady. What a tremendous rendition of the national anthem. An incredible performance. I'm not sure if that was a designer of a dress or an architect that built that dress. That is. She's certainly found something to rival the architecture and the iconography of the Capitol. And, and, and we've talked a little bit about fashion choices, um, how to stand out in the crowd. 
Now, you mentioned Here we are, the young poet, Amanda Gorman, shaking hands with former President Clinton. Now, you just mentioned Ms. Gorman, who has a speech impediment. And, Janet, who else has a speech impediment? President Biden. It's, how about Maya Angelou? Maya Angelou, another poet who has spoken. So that's the poet Amanda Gorman in the, a yellow jacket. And you see Lady Gaga and Michelle Obama hugging here. Well, there'll be a few pictures taken there. East front steps. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not over. We see a motorcade waiting. The departure of Mr. Pence. Lining on the steps, standing at attention. Ceremonies that happen after the swearing of the oath as there are before. Our members of the military. For us to watch and see these behind the scenes perspectives. I believe that's Hillary Clinton there with the purple scarf. No, I've just been. Someone we return to the audience milling about. When we finished our assignments, which casually worked my way to these front, and there's hundreds, if not, there's more than a few thousand people for the departure ceremony. There's prayer that's rendered. There's pomp and circumstance. It's it's ceremonial. Well, again, we talked a little bit earlier about how the president's, where is the president inaugurated versus where is the president not inaugurated? And this happens here at the Capitol, the home of the legislative branch, the home of Congress. Um, and then, so this departure ceremony, this moment where our new president and vice president depart from the Capitol and into their term really is a historic moment, and it's, an, it's a crucial part of this ceremony. Now, one thing that's different this year is that traditionally there is an inaugural luncheon that's held um, shortly after taking in the old house chamber known as Statuary Hall. Well, as you said, this is this year because of the pandemic. We're not having it. That's the poet uh, Amanda Gorman there uh, in the yellow jacket again. And a beautiful view of the dome here on the west front of the Capitol. Again, those flags there representing um, the center one is uh, our current flag, 50 stars for 50 states. The ones at the far ends, far ends for um, the 13 colonies that were in the Union in the beginning. Friends, we have a video clip for you right now. When applicable, following the swearing-in ceremonies on the west front of the U.S. Capitol, the outgoing president and first lady leave the Capitol to begin their post-presidential lives. Historical footage of recent presidents. The president's departure takes place with little ceremony. In 1797, George Washington attended the inauguration of his successor, John Adams. Their portraits. With few exceptions, subsequent departing presidents followed Washington's example. A historical photograph of a parade. the early 20th century, the departing president also usually accompanied the newly elected president on the carriage ride from the Capitol to the White House following the inauguration. In the early 20th century, a new tradition evolved whereby the outgoing president quietly left the Capitol immediately following the swearing-in ceremony. Black and white footage of a president leaving. congratulating President Howard Taft, former President Theodore Roosevelt, left the Capitol for Union Station where he took a train to his home in New York. Outgoing presidents Coolidge and Hoover also left the Capitol for Union Station, where they traveled home by train. Outgoing presidents Truman, Eisenhower, and Johnson left the Capitol by car. In recent years, the newly installed president and vice president 
have escorted their predecessors out of the capital after the swearing-in ceremony. The members of the JSIC gather on the stairs on the east front of the capitol building and watch as the new vice president escorts the outgoing vice president and his spouse out of the capitol. The changeover for the Trump and Obama administrations. Then, the new president escorts the outgoing president and his spouse through the military corridor. Since Gerald Ford's departure in 1977, the former president and first lady have left the Capitol grounds by helicopter, weather permitting. Obama waving. Text on screen, inaugural.senate.gov. We return to the steps of the Capitol for that changeover. We have these wonderful videos detailing some of the traditions behind our inauguration um, that we get to show you. And here we are preparing um, to see the departure going down the east front of the Capitol steps. The members of the Joint Committee are going to line up, and you can see uh, VP Harris there in the purple getting ready. They're getting ready to head out the east doors. The rotunda behind them in this shot going down through the military coordinate out to the waiting cars. Have we noticed that the weather conditions have improved dramatically? Well, we've had some... They open the doors for them to exit. I take back everything I said in the first hour of the broadcast about the nice 40-degree day that we had. We had some some snow flurries in there, then the sun came out. Uh, We're really being taken for for a ride today. You know, there were blizzard conditions for... Vice President Pence and his wife are escorted down the steps by Vice President Harris and... Another group of soldiers marches by, one from each of the military branches. They pass in review. Now, a regiment dressed as colonial soldiers in blue jackets, white belts across their chests, tricorn hats, and black masks across their face. Carrying muskets. Passing review of the new president, President Biden. and drum corps now parades past the new president. As they pass by the president, they step very long straight legs, one foot in front of the other, in a very deliberate pace. And now, picking up, marching and walking as normal, the drums at the back. Large cylinders strung across the legs of the marchers, followed by three large bass drums. All of them wearing red coats and white pants.
we look at the president and vice president standing on the steps, flanked by military honor guards on the left and right sides of the steps. The steps must be 50 feet across. They stand at a landing about eight feet off the ground in front of the street where the procession is taking place. A black limousine pulls up in front of the Capitol steps. A military honor guard escorts President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden down the steps toward the vehicle. At the level of the street now, Dr. Biden waves to someone in the audience. It's quite windy. They reach the near side of the car and climb into the back seat. Dr. Biden first. The president makes sure she's in the car safely and walks around to the other side. talks to some of the people, the congressional members standing before him, and climbs into the back of the car as well. tell you that in one day you would have a new job and your change and change your place of residence in the same day. What would you say to that? Seems like a lot. And a new ride. <laughs> a new car. And a, and a new car there. I don't know if everyone noticed uh, how thick those doors are when they put the president into that car, but there it is, nicknamed the Beast. Departing from the east front, they're on their way over to Arlington Cemetery, lay a wreath. And past two presidents while doing it. William Howard Taft and John Fitzgerald Kennedy. The vice president getting into the car there with the flags. A larger motor carried off to the right. You know, Chairman Blunt, the JSEC, uh, announced, announcing this inaugural, 59th inaugural, spoke about this event, commonplace and miraculous, and how this stands as an assurance to all people of our continued, unbroken commitment to continuity, stability, perseverance, and democracy. We have a statue in the visitor center of Frederick Douglass, yes. and on the base of it, a quote from one of his addresses. If there is no struggle, there is no progress. This year's inaugural theme selected by the JSIC are determined democracy, forging a more perfect union. I would say a prolific display of that today. As we see the vice president and the president loading into the limousines preparing to depart here on the east front of the Capitol following the pass and review of troops. Family members headed back as well. The family members walk by the motorcade from right to left at the bottom of the steps. You know, at times, at times, I didn't sense a pandemic or a lot of security. At times, at times, it seemed like, well, this is what I'm used to, but 
there were times in which I said, oh my. Well, I, I think see the difference. This 59th inaugural is familiar and it's also different. It's the least attended in Arvo physically, or perhaps virtually, the most attended breath. Yes, and I was even thinking about how, as the technology advances in our nation, these events can reach more and more people, right? You know, 1845, people heard about James K. Polk via telegraph getting inaugurated, his speech going out. We look at a larger shot of the east side of the Capitol as a motorcade sits at the bottom of the steps waiting for all the members to enter their vehicles for the trip over to Arlington National Cemetery. Of course, those inaugurations here on the east front that we're looking at through our cameras. We look at the license plate of the president's vehicle, says 46. live streamed out over the internet. How about President Carter, who's not here to attend, but it's perhaps better in some cases. That for a very close for shot of the license plate itself. It says Washington, D.C., 2021, 46. Close up on the license plate there, it said 46. Our 46th president inside that limousine again, named the Beast. Very fully armored. The honor guard on the stairs comes to attention. You know, McKinley's was the first inaugural to be filmed with sound recording, 1897. And if you can imagine, we've talked about how in the early years with Washington and Lincoln, people straining to hear the president's remarks, you know, and the sound amplification for the crowd doesn't happen until 1921. But in 1897, uh, people were able to listen to the sound recording. But the president's vehicle begins to move. Yeah, in 1949, Truman, where folks on the West Coast couldn't see it because the television cables weren't installed yet. One of those skylights. A few persons outside the back of the steps cheer and wave to the president as they pass by. As we see the vice president's car going by there. Sorry, that's the president's car going by there. Departing now for Arlington Cemetery. here on the East Front Plaza, right above the Capitol Visitor Center. That big glass skylight you see there, the water feature Additional the long black vehicles fall in to the right and behind the president's car. These flagstones, the pavers that the cars are going over from South Dakota and Minnesota. Stones selected. There are 17 different states represented in the stones of the Capitol. I was just guessing among, just as you were talking, I think there's probably eight to 10, 17? 17 different states represented. Absolutely, there's some. There's some stone from Kentucky on the borders of the rotunda. Here in the Russell Senate office building, uh, the Kennedy caucus room that we're stationed right outside. Words at the bottom of the screen read, President Biden departs U.S. Capitol. As you watch his car in the midst of the motorcade roll away from the Capitol building. So throughout the day, watching we've been coverage able to show of the 2021 Throughout Biden the day, we've been able to show you several videos showcasing history and traditions of inaugural ceremonies. And we do have one um, to close out today as we watch the departure here on the east front of the president and the vice president. You can 
see the Cannon House office building in the background there. The camera pulls back so we get a larger view of the buildings around. The scene changes to a blue screen, now black. Where the members of Congress would live, because again, like the now looking at the Capitol steps on the east side again, a live view. The technology for members to travel has improved dramatically. The, the Senate has collected oral histories, and the members say the biggest change was jet travel. You mentioned technology for, for uh, technology for travel. People who attended the inauguration at the top of the Capitol steps head back inside the building as the motorcade continues to roll away. The last yeah, the few traditional cars August at the end of the, the line, Congress takes is based falling into procession. Agricultural calendar and also the unpredictable Washington, D.C. weather, if you just can believe bit. it. We've seen, today we've seen clouds, we've seen sunshine, we've seen high winds, we've seen snow flurries. A little bit of all three happening right now, it looks like. As we see the motorcade depart from the east front of the Capitol. Cannon Other House emergency vehicles falling in line. At the top right. The military honor guard now descends the Capitol steps at the left and the right, converging in the center. The people of in two long lines. Yes. Yeah, so members of the color guard of the. We see the cordon coming down off the east front steps here, and we have one last video to explore history and traditions of inaugurations. The inaugural ceremony may be a routine event, but it remains a unique symbol of our constitutional system. Images of other swearing in. As we celebrate the inauguration of the 46th president of the United States, we signal to the rest of the world. A large crowd. That we are united as a people behind an enduring republic. A view of the Capitol. Joint initial. The words inaugural. On behalf of the Joint Congressional Committee on Inaugural Ceremonies, thank you for joining us today for the 59th Inaugural Ceremonies. It's been a historic day. We hope to see you all back at the Capitol soon to take a tour with us or watch a session of Congress or attend one of the events. This has been our privilege. Thank you to the camera crew. Thank you to Beth Lemons, to the Capitol Visitor Center, to Capitol Police. Members of the Joint Congressional uh, Committee say enough on inaugural ceremonies. What dignity and order uh, that we saw today. I'm most proud. Thank you all for watching. Three columns Thank of names. Thank you to the Joint Congressional Committee for giving us the opportunity to be on this live stream with you all today. Everyone, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for joining us. Now, government agencies, architect of the Capitol, Senate Sergeant-at-Arms, Office of the Sergeant-at-Arms, U.S. House of Representatives, Office of the Sergeant-at-Arms, U.S. Senate, United States Capitol Police, Government Publishing Office, Joint Task Force, National Capital Region, Biden Presidential Inaugural Committee, Visitor Guides, Capitol Visitor Center, Janet Clemens, Ron Jackson, D.C. Hill Productions, Paul Winston, Executive Producer, Andrew Binns, Executive Producer, Amy Fisher, Producer. The credits continue.
The scrolling of names continues across the backdrop of a view of the Capitol Dome. The 59th inaugural ceremonies, January 20, 2021. An image of a swirling compass star beneath the letters. Sunshine bathes the parade. Other military personnel from all the branches stand at the left and right of each street that the motorcade progresses down, standing at attention and saluting as the motorcade passes. Once again, the motorcade has stopped for the moment. We're looking at the president's vehicle, with the Secret Service agents flanking it. Seems to be a small crowd to some stands at the left. There were no viewing stands before this time on the route. Everyone is calmly waiting. Once again, we see the Metro DC Police line of motorcycle sidecars with police cars and the presidential motorcade behind. Again, stopped still for the moment. Members in the police cars behind the motorcycle brigade, agents get out of their cars. 
One appears to be talking on a small handheld radio. You know, watching this live in our nation's capital, seeing all those men and women in uniform is a reminder to all of us that we owe so much to all those who serve and to all America's military families who, in their own way, serve right alongside their loved ones. The motorcade begins moving again. At a pace of a slow walk. We're looking directly at the president's car. A large dark vehicle. Blinking yellow and red lights in the front. The American flag on the front right. The POW MIA flag at the front right fender. Today, we're presidential insignia on the side door to the very founding of our country. For parents watching at home with their kids, what's important perhaps to share with them as we see this ceremony are just three words. Our democracy endures. The motorcade has stopped again and police are getting out of their vehicles ahead of the presidential motorcade. In the lead car of the motorcade, a door is opened as well. And in the car behind it. I can't see who has exited the vehicle. Several Secret Service agents stand around the door of the president's limousine. An agent steps to the door. Looks to be some family members are being escorted from vehicles behind the president's limousine to the viewing area I spoke of earlier, to the left, where they've just made the turn in the corner. An agent opens the door of the president's limousine. And President Biden emerges, now with a purple scarf around his neck. He steps to the rear of the vehicle. President Joe Biden and First Lady Dr. Jill Biden have exited their vehicle. President Biden walks around to the other side of the car, where Dr. Jill Biden has just gotten out as well.
shaking his wife's hand, President Biden greets his family members and gets out to walk down the street. They are entering the north grounds of the White House towards the north portico to make their first official entrance to the White House as President and First Lady of the United States of America. The family, escorted by several Secret Service agents on either side and behind them, President Biden waves to the people along the side. The granddaughters and children hold hands, their eyes gleaming as they follow the President and First Lady towards the White House. At the right, a baby in the arms of one of the children. President Biden waves to some of the assembled folks, acknowledging some of the shout outs. Today is about the inauguration of our president and vice president, but in a larger sense, it's a celebration of our democracy and of the entire American people. We truly are celebrating America. He He jogs over to the side where the press corps is. And gives a fist bump to a journalist standing there. He rejoins his wife in the procession. I believe that may have been Al Roker. Walking through the gentle breeze and the sunshine, the Bynes make their way towards the White House, flanked by their family, hand in hand, some arm in arm. Walking the rest of the way to the White House. crisp, clear, January day. The Bidens wave to some of the folks on the side again. President Biden jogs over to the side to another area of press corps. He turns away and waves to some of the other folks. The White House is, the front lawn of the White House is now seen behind the avenue where they're walking. President Biden stops and speaks to some of the people behind the barriers. Gives one woman a thumbs up, jogs back to the head of the procession, taking his daughter in his arms. Walking now in front of the White House, the high black gates ringing the perimeter. President Biden going to 
you shake the hands of some supporters who have gathered there. It looks like a family. Jogging back to his family now. Others, members of the family, waving to the assembled crowd. Very small crowd, numbering in the tens. Rows of American flags line each side of the street. Now turning into the driveway, heading up to the front portico of the White House. President Biden covering his eyes from the sun. Now moving through the gates of the White House Drive. The President and First Lady proceed alone, their family watching them as they alone approach the White House for the first time. Passing members of the military, holding flags. President and First Lady turn and wave to the people by the front gate and then turn and proceed back on their way towards the White House. The flags fluttering in the breeze. The President and First Lady hand in hand, waving to supporters and well-wishers. Passing the Herald trumpets now that we saw earlier at the inauguration. They've arrived at the front portico of the White House. A red carpet is laid by the front door. They climb the steps along the carpet. And turn to face us, waving as the band plays Hail to the Chief. Jill dips her head onto Joe's shoulder. Look into each other's eyes. Arm around each other. President Biden acknowledging well wishes in the audience. Look 
right out at us. President Biden turns and pulls his wife close in for a hug. Then they turn hand in hand. Now their family has arrived behind them to step through the doors of the White House for the first time. The doors open. And they cross that the threshold. That concludes the historic 59th inaugural presidential escort procession. And now as we continue with today's parade across America, Here's John Stewart. Good afternoon and welcome to the very first virtual presidential inaugural parade across America. He appears in New Jersey in a dark jacket and t-shirt. The parade and procession began at the United States Capitol and culminated with the arrival of President Biden and Vice President Harris at the White House. We may not be able to be together in person, but we can still gather, even if it's virtual, and celebrate this grand tradition. This year, we've had to create a new style of parade, allowing Americans from our states and U.S. territories the ability to participate safely from their hometowns. It's been a tough year. Uh, pandemic, uh, economic downturns, political divisions, social unrest. But we need to remember this, that every day, you may not be hearing about it on the news. You may not be seeing it on the internet, but there are millions of unsung American heroes who are keeping our nation going, caring for our loved ones, teaching our kids, keeping us all connected, making us smile, reminding us about what it is to truly be an American and what is great about America. That's what this day is about. In America united, by our commitment to each other. One of those heroes is Dr. J.C. Campbell. He's a resident physician in Oregon. You probably know him a little bit better as the dancing TikTok doc. Dr. Campbell, how you doing? Mrs. Stewart, I'm doing well. How are you? Thank you for having me today. When did you start dancing? Is this a recent thing? You're tremendous at it. Clearly, you've had training. I started dancing when I was in high school, uh, you know, maybe seventh or eighth grade with Poppin' and Lockin' and Breakin'. He drops with an animated grandmother. In my high school. I was also referred to as Poppin' Jay uh, in high school for uh, the way that oftentimes my back vertebrae would, would pop. This must be obviously your first inaugural parade, yes? Yes, it is. This is, you know, incredibly special. Um, if you look at obviously President Biden being elected and, and Vice President Harris and as a first African-American and Indian woman, that's incredibly special. Um, something that I know that I treasure, that my family treasures, that many that look like me are, are very proud to see. I look forward to the pandemic being over so that you and I may join a breakdancing crew together. I would love that. What do you think the name would be? Uh, it'd probably be called The Good Dancing Doctor and The Old Man Who Looks Like He Hurt Himself. It's a long name. It's catchy. You're a good man, Dr. Campbell. Uh, and we're so delighted that you were able to catch up with us. And we'll uh, hopefully check you out later. Thank you for having me, Mr. Stewart. And so, if you will, it's time to kick off for the first time in our nation's history. And uh, God willing, the last time we won't be able to be together. Here it is, our virtual parade across America. The scene shifts. 
I'm Tony Goldwyn. Goldwyn. Created across America. Uh, I got to tell you, Tony back I, I in the studio. President on TV a few years ago, and I from New York City. Uh, got a parade from Shonda Rhimes, anything like the one you're going to see today. As John Stewart noted, our Parade Across America features Americans from across the country joining us from their hometowns. In fact, over the next hour or so, you're going to see participants and performers from all 50 states and every U.S. territory honored to be part of this day, committed to the ideal of an America united. Simply put, it's a virtual roadshow. We've got marching bands, we have baton and flag twirlers, dancers, equestrians, drill teams, musical performances, as well as tributes to some of the American heroes living right next door to us who've been making a difference in their communities during this terrible pandemic. Americans united on this historic day. And even though a virtual event is a bit different, this parade remains faithful to its most treasured and beloved traditions. And one of those traditions is a performance by a group of musicians who have been featured at every inauguration for almost a century. He turns to a TV screen at the back of the stage. We are the United States Coast Guard Band, based in New London, Connecticut. And we are honored to have performed in every inauguration since 1929. Marching outside on a sunny day in Connecticut, they wear blue dress uniforms. A drum leader leads them. They marched on either side of the camera. The Coast Guard Band is here today representing the United States Coast Guard and the Department of Homeland Security. They all smile and wave at the camera. Now in Louisiana, a community-based organization that helps kids like me achieve our dreams. The children are all wearing uh, black and green jackets. Their dance troupe, as well as a marching band. We're the Culver Academy's Black Horse Troop and Equestrians from Indiana, and this will be the 18th inaugural parade we are participating in. Dating they march across the grounds of their school. first inauguration in 1913. Today, we have 71 members and 67 horses joining us. All of the members are riding horseback and have flags on stands next to them. They parade across their, their school grounds on a very sunny day. They wear blue dress shirt, blue dress jackets, white pants, and have on top boots. Congratulations, Mr. President and Madam Vice President. Hello, America. We are military-connected kids, and we go to a Department of Defense Education Activity School in Italy. U.S. Naval Air Station in Italy. There are 70,000 military-connected kids in 160 Odia schools around the world. They stand in an Odia airline hangar and wave. schools in 11 countries, 7 states, and 2 territories. There are more than 50,000 of us overseas. Wherever our parents serve, we serve too. Each of the students holds a flag from the country they're like stationed in. Welcome aboard to our new Commander-in-Chief, President Biden and Vice President Harris. They salute.
Parade Across America returned to studio. We are shining the spotlight on local heroes from different states and different backgrounds who went above and beyond to support their friends, to lend and to strengthen their communities during this challenging past year of the COVID-19 pandemic. For me, each of these heroes next door demonstrates the spirit, the resilience, the compassion, and the caring of our people. Our first hero is from Georgia. He turns to the screen at the back of the studio, an aerial view of downtown, a young boy on a, on a phone Good. FaceTiming. Mr. Bensdorf. My name is Jason Zagant, I'm in seventh grade, and I am 12 years old, and I've been playing the trumpet since fourth grade. My name is he stands in front Zagant, of Emily Emory Hospital. I came across this video of this trumpet player from the New York Philharmonic playing off his rooftop. And I think it was right after shift change. We happen to live right down the street from the hospital, so I suggested to Jason, is this something you might want to try to do? My mom asked, do you want to come and play for the hospital here? And I said, yeah. And then we came back the next day. I wanted to come stand play outside the hospital, the hospital on a sunny because day. I wanted to give the hospital workers and people a bit of joy at the end of their day. One of my favorite things from playing at the hospital was the ambulances driving by and flashing their lights and also the people in the parking deck waving and saying great job. It was really always his decision. That commitment that he showed to show up here 100 days just gives me this immense sense of pride as his mother. Doesn't matter how old you are, you can make your community better. When I first heard JC's story, I knew I wanted to connect with him. Never in a million years did I think that whether it's the in New York the concert Trumpeter. hall or up here from rooftop to rooftop or New York to Atlanta, a seemingly small gesture would have such an impact and travel so far. It looks like you're over at the hospital where you've been playing trumpet for a while. Yeah, I am. Again on Ever FaceTime. Ever since I've seen you play there, I've always wanted to play a duet with you. What do you think? Should we do it? Yeah. Let's make it happen. They each begin to play in their separate locations in front of the hospital in Georgia and off of their balcony in New York. A view of the rooftop flagpole with the United States flag flying. They both lower their instruments, smiling. In front of the hospital, a crowd of first responders. We waves. are the Massachusetts Veterans of Foreign Wars Honor Guard. Paying Outside in front of a tank. To the greatest generation of World War II and the newest greatest generation of today's all-volunteer United States Armed Forces. The they are dressed in olive drab World War II uniforms. Thanks to their sacrifice. We salute our Commander-in-Chief, the 46th President of the United States, Joseph R. Biden. The four members behind her lower their flags, rifles, and salute. We are proud to be part of the 2021 Parade Across America. Mark time. March forward. They march in place, then off camera. Welcome to Des Moines, Iowa. We are the ISIS Arrest Drill and Drum Corps. Outside in a snowy parking lot. A drill team in long black pants and black hoodies dances. 
they throw their arms wide and stomp the ground. Behind them, a drumline plays. They all squat low and throw their arms up in the air, then spin. They walk forward and draw their arms up around their heads. They lean and freeze, and they begin moving once more. They squat low with their legs wide, throwing their arms up in the air, and then stand at attention. North Carolina. We're based in Durham, North Carolina, but we perform all across America. We're the King BMX Stunt Show. Different riders on BMX bikes going in a wooded setting, uh, riding on large ramps outdoors. They're all wearing helmets. One has a GoPro on his head and like does America, a trick and spins we come around. From all over, but really, we are one united team. Well, we're off to a to great studios. start, and we have a lot of excitement ahead with more music, different performers from across the country, shout-outs to our new president and vice president, and salutes to some more heroes next door. You know, every big parade has dancers and drill teams, right? Well, our next performers are a combination, a dancing drill team that has toured around the world. He turns to the TV screen at the back. In Kilmore College, Rangerettes are proud to represent Texas in the red, white, and blue. The women all wear red blouses with a double breast, and they have on short white skirts with white small boots and cowboy hats. They stand in a kick line in two rows and high kick. They're outside on a sunny day on the middle of a street. They kick one leg up and fan it over. They look down and lower their head at their feet and then high kick forward, then jump and land in splits all in a row with their arms over each other's shoulders. They now rise up and stand with a cane made out of their bodies. Let's get united, America. They all smile, clap, and wave at the camera. We are the Native American Women Warriors. Florida. The nation's first all-female Native American color guard. Our mission is to recognize women veterans that have served in our America's armed forces, especially those like us of Native descent. Women with feathers in their we hair are here standing today in wooded areas from outside the saluting. For this historic event. Congratulations, they have large beaded necklaces and Vice President Harris. Return to studio. Once again on the TV screen, we see a skateboarder. Idaho. Caption reads Nathan Apatocha. A young man now is skateboarding. Now in Michigan, another skateboarding holding a flag. Now a girl rollerblades in California. Return to that original man skating. Now California. Massachusetts and Colorado, different skateboarders showing us what's around them. In Vermont, a snowboarder. In Maine, a gentleman looks at the camera. In North Carolina, a young boy that is also skating, holding an American flag. In Washington, D.C., a woman holds up the camera to catch the Washington Monument. In New York, another going over a bridge. California and Massachusetts showing their outdoors. And the original gentleman again with his flag. City, emergency medical services, pipes and drums. We are honored to be marching in the parade across America. Now outside in New York on a lawn, 
Fire Department of New York EMS Emerald Pipes and Drums. They have on blue and green kilts with sporins at the front. They're wearing jackets, playing the bagpipes, and they have on white spats with knee-high black socks. Behind them, they have emergency service vehicles with their lights flashing. They stand on the steps of their firehouse and wave. They stand outside in a field. Celebrate our democracy and the inauguration of our president. They wear black and green uniforms. It's a very wide, expansive field with mountains in the distance. On either side of the band, they have a flag corps. Flag Corps smoothly spins their blue flags. They throw them up in the air. The band begins to march into formations. Running up the central aisle created by them is the Flag Corps with their blue flags waving. They then hold them out front. With their bodies, they spell USA. They all jump and cheer in place, having successfully completed it. We are Scout Troop 358 from Philadelphia, the only troop chosen to represent all Boy Scouts at the 2009 and 2013 inaugurations of President Obama and Vice President Joe Biden. So in Text on screen reads oldest African-American troops in the country. When Joe Biden is being inaugurated, we wanted to be part of the day, honoring him and Vice President Harris. They salute from the steps. Back to the studio. Right, right now, now, we have a very, very special collaboration coming to us from two different locations. Overlooking the Black Lives Matter mural in Hollywood is Grammy nominee Andrew Day, and she is joined by an amazing 10-year-old skater, Caitlin Saunders, who performed her routine in Black Lives Matter Plaza in Washington, D.C. He turns to the screen behind him. You account from above on a street that says all black lives matter. Black lives matter painted onto streets in many different cities. The skater Caitlin Saunders skating across one of them. You're broken down from California. Living life on a merry-go-round and you you can find a fighter. Caitlin skates across So we got to His large gold hoop earrings. Her hair in soft cascading curls pulled to one side around her neck. Caitlin reaches out to us and hears us of stars Back out to Kayla. 
exposed. Back to Caitlin, her hands placed in a prayer position in front of her chest. Back to the studio. We were on the top of the Roosevelt Hotel. Now in North Carolina. A number of your young women clogging. We're the high country cloggers from Boone, North Carolina. On a very large observation deck, high above the thunder below. Mountains surrounding them as they clog. Now a younger group, dressed in white jackets and black pants. From the observation deck overlooking the hills. Close-ups on their feet. They put their hands out in front of them. They all wave their hands wildly. Now in Delaware, a group of children dressed in Chinese outfits. 
from President Joe Biden's home state of Delaware. The strength of our nation comes from the rich diversity of the culture of the American people. And we are so honored and proud to share this performance with you today. Young men bowing on large drums. In the field, a dragon appears at the right, a golden dragon held up with sticks. Several young men in white shirts and yellow pants animate the dragon. At the left, there's a dance troupe from the uh, in white shirts. Congratulations, and Mr. President and Madam Vice President. They all salute and shake their costumes. We are a number of hockey players in New Hampshire. Led by the University of New Hampshire's mascot. And we are mascot thrilled to be like in the parade of Hockey on the ice. New Hampshire hockey greeting. They all shoot goals towards us. And congratulations to Vice President Harris. They clock their sticks on the ice. Words, what's your vision of for America? Artists draw pictures, paint on canvases. Others finish paintings, some coloring. Many different artists all at once. Their artworks appear before our eyes as they complete them in stop motion very quickly. We see the evolution of the artworks. An image of Kamala Harris. Back to the My studio, God, Tony. Those were some amazing artists. Okay, okay our, our second hero next door is a fifth-generation Texan, a teacher who truly lives our Across America theme. To make her lessons come to life for her students, she took a road trip across America to show them the very places where historic moments happen. Here is Kathy Cluck. On the Heroes Next Door. I'm a high school teacher behind. in Austin, Texas. And in July, when I realized we would start the school remotely, I took the opportunity to take off and teach history from places where it happened. This morning, I'm in Jamestown. The students would tune in every day in front of the and just sort of Motel. see what my background was for that day. And it was a way for them really to see that history is still important. It still matters. It's not just in the, the pages of the textbooks. This is Yorktown. Would not have won the war, would it, were it not for the help of the French. She stands in the Sailed field in right back there. They cut off the British. Cornwallis had to surrender. Boom. America born. Thanks, France. I was able to teach lessons to my high school kids about society, about how America is still changing. We're still in a process. It's been fun for the spotlight to be on teachers across the country Various who are monuments. working so hard to really make education happen and productive, even though we're doing it during a pandemic. Tennessee. We're there for each other and we can be there for each other, and I think that was pretty much the message. We are Mariachi Hoya from Las Vegas High School, proud to represent Nevada in the parade across America. Although we can't in a perform jacket. together, we prepared a special performance for you. A young man plays a guitar. A woman plays what looks like a harp. Another young man plays a brass instrument. Two violins, all on Zoom. Performing in mariachi outfits. Red jacket, white shirt, red tie. A 
montage of all five of them, superimposed on the same screen. Clark County School District has the largest mariachi program in the world. All eight of them singing at once. Not playing instruments. And to President Biden and Vice President Harris, felicidades. Back in the studio. Now let's watch Vice President Harris and her husband Douglas Emhoff entering the north grounds of the White House, making their way towards the north portico to make their very first entrance into the White House as Vice President and Second Gentleman of the United States. In video behind him, we see the, the Vice President and Second Gentleman also walking up that driveway into the White House, the Vice President saluting the color guard and walking up to the front doors of the White House. The Vice President, the second gentleman turning and waving to us, all recorded earlier. They turn and step into the doors of the White House for their first time, hand in hand. Back to the studio. A number of today's participants have been in more than two previous inaugural parades. In fact, there is a participant today who has been in six, and his colleague has been in five. They are Jack and Thomas, two horses from Culver Academy. This year's parade features several equestrian groups with a long history of performing for our nation's presidents. Joining us for their fourth appearance at an inauguration is Michigan's multi-jurisdictional mounted police drill team. With their second appearance are members of the American Side Saddle Association, and Culver Academies is making their 18th appearance. Now, I learned a lot doing my inauguration research. For example, I learned that Thomas Jefferson rode his own horse to the Capitol. Andrew Jackson arrived at his ceremony in a horse-drawn carriage, while Abraham Lincoln's carriage was escorted by civilians on horseback. And once again, horses and their riders are adding a majesty and grace to this quadrennial event. With us next on our Parade Across America are some of the talented stars of the Ryan Martin Foundation, which is part of the National Wheelchair Basketball Association. They're joined by Elena Della Dawn from the WNBA's Washington Mystics and the NBA's Grant Hill and Chris Paul. He turns to the screen. This Elena has been a time where we've all had to overcome challenges, when we've all had to adapt to what life throws at us, but our American spirit allows us to have hope. It allows us to thrive. And now, joining us for the parade across America are the basketball stars of the Ryan Martin Foundation. She tosses it to the left. The Ryan Martin Foundation basketball players appear. Young women in wheel using wheelchairs. A young man twirls the basketball in his finger, throws it to another wheelchair basketball player, who throws it to another in the gym. He throws it to the right, to another wheelchair basketball player, outside. To the right, to another person playing basketball. He twirls the basketball in his hand, throws it to another. He dribbles a couple times, passes it behind his back to a, a woman in a, using a wheelchair, who throws it to another gentleman inside. He dribbles around his body and throws it to the right, to another person outside. 
passing it on to another wheelchair basketball player. At the top of the key, faking to the left, putting to the right, throwing to the right. Person makes a shot and okay. scores. Grant Hill in Florida. Chris Paul, North Carolina. Let's get you not America. Now in Hawaii, Aloha. overlooking the lush plain. The only we are sharing with you is about the inspiration, the beginning, and the growth of the future. And for us as the Ieie and the Ohia, they work together to bring forth all these new beginnings working together. A half dozen elders stand in the field by a thatched hut, to President chanting. Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. Palm trees wave in the background. Back to the studio. I'm Paula Davis now, from the state else. of Maryland, representing all the families of our nation's fallen heroes at TATS, the Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors. Our mission is to provide hope and healing. And just as they serve our nation, we are here to serve them. We are together, members. united in solidarity with military law survivors, including the Biden family. I honor my brother, Major Andrew Byers. I honor my battle buddy. Word read, in 2015, President Obama honored Our dad, Major Paul C. Volke. The scene shifts to Washington, D.C. I'm Captain Isaac Men in military uniform. We are the United States Marine Corps Silent Drill Platoon. stand and face one another. They toss a, one gentleman tosses a gun to the other. All drill movements are performed without verbal cadence or commands. Two soldiers face off one another. The rifles flipped upside down. He inspects the rifle, twirls it above his head, now in front of him, twirling it to the side, catching it in one hand, flipping it to the other soldier, and walks away. Commander holds his sword. Looking down the line of soldiers, the scene shifts to Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Large flags are twirled by young women in the back. Colorful flags are held by others along the sides. A dancing troupe in front, dressed in red, white, and blue tights with uh, white skirts. marching band behind them in various rows in long green uniforms with green pants with white stripes. That means we are so proud to have been invited. Regardless of language, we all believe that we are better when we unite together. Overhead, we watch the marching band practice on a field. Now back in the studio. Earlier in our parade, my friend John Stewart got to spend a few minutes with an American hero who brought joy and comfort to those who needed it this past year. So I loved watching his videos, and if I'm lucky, someday soon he will teach me how to dance. So let's spend some time with a truly amazing doctor. We turn to the video screen. The African-American doctor from before. You might better know me as the TikTok doc. Dr. Jason Campbell right dancing the in a TikTok started, video. I actually had met with a medical student, and she noted, well, there's this app called TikTok. 
And she said, well, you, you lip sync and you kind of dance and it's these new songs and you curate this joy, basically, if you're, if you're good at it. And next thing I know, uh, 500,000 views, 750, 1 Another million. Another TikTok video. I thought, huh, well, a robotic I think kind people of like this. And so it actually started now, with the Red Scrubs to reach back dance. to the community, to reach back to a young black boy and say, hey, if you like to dance, if you like to do things outside the classroom, clothes on his patio, keep that going, but you can also be a physician with a peach colored hat. A picture of Dr. Campbell as a boy today, next to him that's self today. That we need to be together apart. We need to be safe. We need a distance. But we also need to still be together. Now is not the time to, to be isolated. It's time to reach out, a time to ask for help, a time to be there for others, to give help, to lend a hand. Various snapshots of now, Dr. Campbell and patients and other colleagues. all of those who have done their part to bring joy and hope to their community. Now dancing with another colleague in Scrubs. Doing some robotic dances, handing offs. Now in Massachusetts, other TikTok dance videos. A number of people on a basketball court. Educators dancing various cities across the United States, in Minnesota, in Illinois. A series more TikTok videos in New York. African Americans dancing opposite some folks from Delaware, DSU. Dancing in pairs, twirling their arms. Now, a group of people inside of a gymnasium in a basketball gym doing a coordinated dance, shuffling their feet left to right. Now, in New Jersey, a drum corps with a number of cheerleaders dancing in front. Proud to represent New Jersey. We are inspired by women like Kamala Harris and Frank Barriers. Tina do high school flag twirlers and drumline. We are united. It's the point of the promise of what's to come. White dresses and blue jackets. Now, Native Americans in Wyoming. From the Wind River Indian Reservation, these are the Northern Arapaho and Eastern Shoshone dancers. Dressed in elaborate headdresses, the drummer pounds on the, on the drum, others wave feathers in the air, dressed in beaded necklaces and bone vests. They dance beside the banks of a river. At sunset, in a beautiful blue sky. Back to the studio. Now, there are some people who believe that crop circles are the work of mysterious aliens. It's not for me to say. But I do know that the crop designs we are about to showcase are the work of some extraordinary artists from right here on planet Earth. In the past, the Earthworks Art Crop Circle Project has created images of President Biden, Vice President Harris, and the late Congressman John Lewis. So let's head to Kansas to take a look at what Stan Hurd and team have created for us today. We pan to the video screen, outdoors in Kansas. A number of flags and measuring tapes. Someone working, creating a logo, walking across a wide open field with a tape measure. He consults his laptop as time-lapse photography with days passing. Two people flip weed whackers into their hands and start cutting the grass around what they've already laid out. It spells in the middle of the field, America United, in circle with a big letter. Now, 
they apply a torch to the ground, and burning out this, the sound, the letters spelling well, America United in Florida. Stop a troop of ROTC agents right. of members. Do it till you get it right. We're the Flying Air Force Junior Tigers, Tigers, dedicated to serving our community and nation. Proud to be celebrating America. Andrew Jackson High School Air Force Junior ROTC Flying Lady Tigers, dressed in blue uniforms and caps. Back into the studio. Moving to the video screen, DJ Cassidy. DJ Cassidy, and I'd like to welcome from New York to Pass the Mic, inaugural edition. Coming to you live from the parade across America, from President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. He wears a black shirt, a white jacket, and a white hat, broad brimmed. And is dedicated to the everyday heroes around our great nation. Other Let's musicians appear left, ready, right, Killa? to the bottom right. I'm ready, ready for a vocalist. You ready, Ralph? Bass player. Timbales. Philip Bailey of Earth, Wind, and Fire from Colorado. White jacket, black shirt. They all play this. Bass player, grooving along. He sings into a gold microphone. Verdine White, Earth, Wind, and Fire from Illinois. Switching among the various instrumentalists and singers. Bass player, Zabales. Ralph Johnson from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh. Hey, Niall. Hey, Kaz, what's up? Feels like we're coming together, right? Got it, my brother. Now, this right here is Niall Rogers. A celebration of our democracy, our resilience, and our spirit. A celebration of the everyday heroes who make our nation great. Because teamwork surrounding work. Now, no matter where you are, no matter who you are, we are all one big family. So I want to invite people from around the country to sing along. You ready, Kathy? Yeah, I'm ready, Kathy. Here we go, let's sing. We are Kathy Sledge from Sister Sledge, appearing from Pennsylvania. Long braids in her hair. A long sleeve dress. Stands in front of a large old style microphone. We peek at all the musicians on the various beats, vocalizations, switching among the images. Right, center. Around this nation. I want to hear you sing. Just let me stay for the river. Sing loud and proud. We're giving love in a family. Let's Sledge. DJ Cassidy. Now, pictures of people in their homes joining in. Everyday Americans, African Americans, Caucasians, people of every ethnicity. 
doctors. Now I want to thank the Washington Chorus, the Triumph Baptist Church Choir, the Trans Chorus of Los Angeles, and so many other amazing Americans for singing along. Naya Rogers, Kathy Sledge, and Virginia White, Ralph Johnson, and Philip Bailey of Earth, Wind, and Fire! My name is DJ Cassidy, and this is Pastor Mike, from my musical heroes to the everyday heroes around the country, to President Biden and Vice President Harris. One love, share love, spread love. One more time! People dancing on the couch. Wow. Playing guitar, people celebrating, dancing along, singing with Kathy, a bearded gentleman, boogieing in his living room. More and more people appear on the screen. DJ Cassidy stands up. Okay, so now we let's head to, to Charleston, South Carolina, to shine the spotlight on another hero next door. She serves in the United States Air Force, and in addition to her service in the military, She's been working long hours serving her neighbors in Charleston sewing masks to be used by frontline workers, including a nurse whom she knows pretty well, her mom. Here is Master Sergeant Carrie Ann Thomas. He turns to the TV screen at the back of the studio. I can't think of a time where I've called out for help or support that the people of the military have not been there. A woman mom, in ca- uh, military fatigues. And PPE was strained across the country. I was set to deploy in the spring. So I was more worried about her than I was about me. I was the interior of a hospital. Machine, and I was going to learn how to make masks. She sits I at a sewing machine. Social media. A lot of people ask for her mom's address and they start to send her masks from across the world. No one wants a pandemic, but if you have to go through it, you want to go through it with a strong community. On behalf of she smiles as she sews. Here in the low country of South Carolina, we're proud to serve and would like to welcome our new commander in chief. She wears fatigue standing and smiling in the hallway of a hospital. From Springfield, a marching Ohio, band indoors. Kenridge Marching Cougar Band, proud to represent Ohio in the parade across America. They're in an indoor stadium on a green AstroTurf field. The band marches out in formation towards the sides. They wear black uniforms with gold piping on the legs. An American flag is on the jumbotron behind them. They march in place. They lower their instruments and all throw their hats in the air. Indoor in a basketball court. The Bucks are a great team. A mascot holds up cards. So are President Biden and Vice President Harris. It's a slam dunk for win for America. The mascot then does a forward flip. The Milwaukee Bucks mascot, Bango. They pick up a basketball, leap on a trampoline, and slam dunk the basketball. They hold up another sign. Let's unite America. Then they put a hand over their heart and point out towards the camera. Outside at the U.S. Virgin Islands, we see the flags flying. It is very sunny. President Joseph R. Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris at their inauguration. Brightly dressed dancers in a street, a stilt walker. Women wearing long skirts with bright yellow plaid. 
sending our peasant blouses to the administration and our great nation. Founded on the principles of life, liberty, equality, and justice for all. The flag waves against a blue sky. Okay, so back in the studio. Safe, that's where I'm going on my next vacation. Our final Hero Next Door tribute is to an extraordinary woman from Idaho. She and her friends are part of a community service musical comedy performance group called the Red Hot Mamas. They range in age from 30 to over 80. They are strong. They bring joy through dance. They triumph over the challenges of life. And they've joined together to entertain their neighbors and all of us. He turns to the TV screen at the back of the studio. My Outdoor on the street. Stevens, and I am the originator and director of a fabulous group called the Red Hot Mamas. They're dressed in exaggerated uh, costumes. The they have brightly colored skirts and black tops. And they push focusing on strollers service. with teddy bears. We are dedicated to the exploitation of merriment and the enhancement of the ridiculous... They twirl with their strollers in front of them. I have had a medically incurable form of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma called follicular lymphoma. So I've been in and out of treatments for 10 years. I just she speaks from beside a fireplace. So being challenged like that has made me more sensitive. And I flat out want to bring joy. The most they perform on a parade during this COVID time is we performed parades and shows outside assisted living homes. Singing. They are dressed in holiday outfits. One lady yelled, you are just what we needed around here. Come on back. Come on back. They perform outside for residents at an extended living center. No matter how. She smiles broadly. In Idaho, we see them on a stage performing. They wear rhinestone-studded masks, gold sequin jackets. They step highly using walkers um, as a prop. They have on extravagant hats, gold lame jackets, and blue sequin skirts. They, the front line takes their walkers, puts them behind them, and then high kicks. Now they fling their walkers up over their head then use the walker to pop themselves up in a jump off the floor. All of the movements are done in unison. They stand in a triangle formation. Several of them throw their walkers to the side and kick up their legs and go down into the splits. Hi, I'm the lead singer from the New Radicals. The band Pennsylvania. over 20 years ago before our second single was even released. So when we heard that You Get What You Give was a Biden family anthem, we pledged if Joe won, we'd get together and play our little song, both in memory and in honor of our new president's patriot son, Bo, and also with the prayer of Joe being able to bring our country together again. Joe, Kamala, this one's for you. The view shifts to him from a stage instead of the living room. They perform socially distanced together. Everyday Americans are also seen in the split screens, holding up signs like Black Lives Matter, Unity for All. Even dogs have signs. Dogs for democracy. People cheering as their dog leaps up by them. Another woman high steps outside with a sign that says healing through the arts. 
Back on stage, the band performs. It has antenna lights spinning behind them that catch the light and cast large beams over them. Return to the everyday American. Some say prospering and progressing. Teachers. Two women stand under a sign that says hopeful. Together we accomplish more. Others, a sign that says save our planet. Improve the environment. The band once again on stage. A young girl doing the splits holding a sign saying we can do better. Let's knock out COVID-19, fighting for social justice. Others in front of a sign at the Montgomery bus boycott. More signs, a new day. It's for America to, it's time for America to unite and kill. Justice for all, let's build back better. Families standing on the lawns, other families standing outside, a woman on a cliff with a beautiful ocean behind her. A young child holds up a sign saying, uniting for a better. The musician's back in the studio. Peace, love, and Biden. Greetings from El Paso, Honolulu, Las Cruces, New Mexico, New Jersey, Willow Springs, Missouri, Brooklyn, New York, Hollywood, California. Families all together holding up signs, Tampa, Florida, Boulder, Colorado, Dayton, Ohio, Flint, Michigan. Everyday Americans outside. The band again in the studio, close view on the drummer. Return to studio. As we all know, the Summer Olympics that were scheduled in 2020 were moved to later this year due to the pandemic. So, like many of us, those Olympic athletes saw their dreams deferred. But they are resilient and they are continuing to train because their dreams will not be denied. Joining us are three of our Olympic stars, two Summer Olympians, track star Allison Felix and swimmer Katie Ledecky, and a five-time U.S. national figure skating champion and 2018 Winter Olympics medal winner, Nathan Chen. He turns to the TV. The Olympics is an every four-year event. An event Allison Felix. And unites Americans. She runs outdoor on a track. In Utah, no Nathan are, Chen on an ice skating rink. In Maryland, we are honored to be here today. Katie Ledecky swims. Resilient and strong, just like the nation and people we represent. Return to the ice skating rink. Let's unite he nails America. a very Let's difficult turn. America. In South Carolina, men in historical Our uniforms in march. Carolina. We are the 81st Readiness Division. They stand outside in front of a tank, a large field behind them. They march carrying flags, two groups of four. We are the South Shore Drill Team and Performing Arts on Illinois, an entertainment group with the focus on education. They stand along the shores of Lake Michigan with the Chicago skyline behind them. They wear white shirts with blue pants and they twirl flags with an American uh, flag theme on them. 
A group in front twirls rifles. They expertly twirl them, tossing them high above their heads. They stand in a tight formation. They throw the flags up, catch them, and then throw their arms wide. Stepping in place, they twirl the rifles. They begin to move the flags one way, then stop, twirl them the other. The rifle people twirl them high up above their heads, catching them easily. They bow their heads, then draw their arms up to the sides. Return oh, to the man. studio. It is hard to pick my favorite moment from this virtual parade across America, but this next segment has got to be at the top of the list. We call it our Dance Across America. Over 1,600 people from across the country, people of all ages, ethnicities, and cultures, submitted videos of themselves dancing, showing the unbridled enthusiasm and freedom of the American spirit. It perfectly represents the coming together of the American people on this historic day. Created by the legendary director and choreographer Kenny Ortega, and featuring dancers from 30 states and two U.S. territories, here is Dance Across America. He turns to the TV screen. Text reads, Dance Across America. Images break apart. We focus in on one. An African-American woman wearing a black shirt, black dress. She spins on a front porch. She looks at another one. The screen turns to another gentleman. A woman dancing on a railroad track. Everyone in their own separate locations. A woman spins and pirouettes in front of a Chicago, Illinois mural. Another woman struts across the street. A girl standing on an observation deck. Another in front of a thresher in a field. Several different people montage together to do a high kick in the air. Literal dancing in the street. Someone on the sidewalk at the Hollywood Star of Fame. All of the dancing is energetic and very high energy. A girl in front of a Las Vegas sign. A duet with partners. A girl in a tutu spins and then goes on uh, points in the street. Several backflips. Native American dancers in a desert. A girl in a wheelchair in front of a monument joined by others. A family in a snowy front lawn. The youngest member jumps right up towards the camera. A woman dances on her stoop. Another in front of a Capitol. In front of the Motown's original building, Pittsville, USA. Hawaiian dancers with grass skirts on the beach. Hip-hop dancing in front of the Golden Gate Bridge. A young man in a suit. An older woman with a cane swaying gracefully. A man in high heels does a step routine in the street. A ballerina leaps around a round plaza. A Native American dancer in front of a in front of a rock formation. More and more uh, people are added to the stage. They're all doing the same movements in unison, all in their separate locations. Now just the Santa Monica Pier. 
out of the Rocky Mountains, others in front of murals. Dancing in unison, a wheelchair dance troupe. The view pulls out and more and more images are put together until the American flag is formed and then text As dance across America. As today's celebration in communities large and small, the American spirit in all its glory remains alive and well in our people. A hopeful reminder as we commit ourselves to our goal of an America united. Later tonight, our America United celebration will continue, so make sure to watch what promises to be another historic moment in a day full of them. On behalf of President Biden, Vice President Harris, the Presidential Inaugural Committee, today's performers and participants, thank you for being part of this country's 59th inaugural parade, the Parade Across America. He smiles at the camera, a static screen with a navy blue background and the presidential seal. We return to the Arlington's National Cemetery, where earlier we watched the cannons being fired. A presidential motorcade going over the bridge of the Potomac. Flashing lights as a police escort escorts uh, earlier seen footage from the presidential escort to the White House. The old guard, President Biden and Dr. Jill Biden exiting their limousine their family behind them as they walk towards their first time going into the White House as President and First Lady. President Biden jogs over to speak to a reporter and then rejoins his family. They smile and wave at the cameras. Vice President Harris and her husband also walking towards the steps now of the White House with their family in previously seen footage. Vice President Harris and the second gentleman wave from the steps of the White House and then enter themselves. Ascending the steps of the White House on the red carpet, we see President Biden and First Lady Dr. Jill Biden. They wave and look at reporters. They turn and hug each other. They hold each other close for a brief second, take hands. They're joined by their families as they turn to the White House to enter for the first time. First family continues entering into the White House. Return to the seal of the inaugurations of the President and Vice President 2021. A gold seal on a blue background. At the top are bordered gold stars that are moving in a slow line.